Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Well, welcome back to the Sports Offensive, everyone. We're back after a one-week hiatus because they ain't us. Welcome to the Sports Offensive. We couldn't be happier to have you join us. This week, we are going to be covering a multitude of subjects. I don't even know if we'll have time to get through all this. Heck, we don't even have the uh, the U.S. Open on this uh, on the blurb. Uh, but we've got the Women's World Cup uh, with an incredible opening battle. Pat Boland's passing here in Denver, one of a, a sports hero here in the city. Uh, the massive upset in the NBA Finals of the Raptors over the Warriors. An epic seven-game Stanley Cup Finals with a semi-anticlimactic final game, but uh, a great series and some and some fantastic comebacks. And also, we wanted to review some of the top rookies uh, drafted in the NFL for your dynasty leagues. Again, this is for a league, the dynasty leagues are where you keep almost all the players on your team or all the players on your team, except you decide to cut. And then every year there is a traditional style draft, a non snake style draft that you use to pick up rookies and or players that aren't, haven't been picked up. And JP is going to share some of his expertise in college football to kind of give us an idea of who might be most worth picking up uh, in those early rounds. Or if you're like me and you actually end up having the first overall pick, Mm -hmm. how you make sure you get the maximum value, because you're not just looking for a guy to help you the next season, although that's definitely part of it. But you're de- you, but you also need to find that player who's going to give you long term production, uh, and you know you don't want to just do a band aid fix like the Cleveland Browns did for all those years. You want to do investments for the future that they've been doing lately, and you can see uh, a much better result. So, uh, been a wild week of sports, uh, busy week for me with a few flights and an East Coast time zone. I uh, did fight through the uh, heavy eyelids to catch all the the wonderful sports games and matches going on uh, that I could. While I was out there, uh, I got to say, JP, after being on the East Coast, uh, reminding myself, one, that I would never enjoy living there because of how hard sports are to enjoy, although it's kind of a yin-yang. So tell me how you felt about it, because for me, it was basically, no, I don't like doing I don't like having the sports on so late because I have to stay up late. And then if you have to get up early, it's a pain. But I did like that I was able to go to a sales conference, go to drinks, go to dinner, drinks after dinner, walk into my hotel room, and there was two minutes into the first quarter. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest things that you have to look out there for. Um, you know, it's it's the whole West Coast versus East Coast attitude here. And you know that all too well growing up out there in California and me growing up there on the East Coast. Um, the sports, do, I mean, the, the NBA Finals came on at 9 o'clock at night. So, you know, it's one of those things where people have to get up the next morning, depending on how long that game went. That game went to 9.30 our time, so uh, 10.30, 11.30, almost midnight on the East Coast. So it's one of those things where you feel – the, the people on the East Coast have to deal with getting up early in the morning and, you know, being out or doing whatever they're doing during those games. And then the people on the West Coast, all of a sudden those games start at 5, 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Look at the Dodgers last year in the World Series. We're at, at Chavez Ravine. It's starting at 5 in the afternoon, and you're getting a terrible uh, – the sun is in a terrible spot for you a 5 the o'clock. Yeah. And, yeah, you get the shadows in the infield. And it's one of those things where we're such a, a country that's – so, you know, how many ever miles we are across the country in their time zones, right. that it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you have the L.A. people that are that are always getting there to, you know, the games that are 
earlier in the day. And then you, I mean, you can look at Hawaii, for God's sakes. I mean, the right. Super Bowl starts at, what, 10 a.m. out there. <laughs> and then you have the people on the East Coast where, I mean, I, the last time I was home, it was just waiting to stay up to watch the game sometimes was just, you know, because you're so used to the 6 o'clock game in Denver or the 6.30 game in Denver that it makes it a lot easier just to, oh, okay, all right, it's, it's right after happy hour. Let's watch the game, go home, get a good night's rest. And on the East Coast, it's like, all right, I got to stay up now to watch the game and then get up early in the morning. You know, we might be in the single best time zone for sports only because now it's, it's a frustrating because the, the prime time to start something is six o'clock. Right. Yeah. So then that it goes from six to nine for most most sports. And then the thing is over and then mm-hmm. you can go to bed and it's still early enough. Uh, it doesn't usually happen that way because it doesn't quite coincide with the time zones or the or the prime times they like for the east and the and the Pacific. But I've noticed, you know, at least when we see a World Series or a, um, a World Series was more was much more the problem I think in terms of being late than NBA Finals. NBA Finals was generally the same time. Yeah, the the NBA Finals are usually the nine o'clock prime time game on the East Coast. Yeah, and so it's not terrible. I think when I was out there, I want to say it actually started at eight. Uh, or I think eight was the start of the broadcast and the game. Yeah, like they do or the something. NBA countdown at, at usually about eight, eight thirty, and then okay. they'll put the, the game on at nine in the primetime slot. And it was fun watching the pregame um, earlier in the day when, you know, we had b- between the break from the meeting and before we went to dinner. Yeah. Um, I had about an hour and a half or, you know, they give you like an hour and a half, two hours of downtime. For me, it's usually just ironing my clothes for the evening and then trying to catch a five minute nap or maybe a five minute shit. I don't know, whatever, whichever <laughs> is more, whichever is more needed. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it, 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 watching the pregame, it, this is the first series in a long time where I felt like emotion has started to creep into it for people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly why that was. Like it was like people didn't really care when it was the Cavaliers playing or, or LeBron playing against the Warriors every year. But this time, I think people were so invested in seeing something else happen. Well, you have to understand. I mean, LeBron was in it for eight or nine straight years with the Cavs and the Cavs and the Heat, you know, respectively. And you know, you have the team from the North. You know, the first team from Canada to win their series, the Raptors. And you have Najiri up there, the GM. I mean, they had Kawhi um, sit on that bench and play nine games, not this past year, the year before, and invested into him. And um, you had a different animal, a different beast. And we had all the injuries with, with, with the Golden State Warriors, with KD, um, with, with Clay in the last game. I mean, you got to think about it. The Warriors, if Steph Curry drains that three, we're going to a game seven. Uh, after Thursday night. So, right. you know, it, it's funny because you say, uh, you know, the upset. It is definitely was a big upset, but the Warriors had to overcome so much. And when we get into it, you know, you look at Clay with a torn ACL and he had to come back out to shoot those two free throws in right. case he could That was interesting well, that he spun around. <laughs> well, he, he couldn't – if he didn't do that, he was ineligible to come back in the game. And that's something else to talk about. And then it comes to the whole injury, offseason, um, free agency, trades. I, I mean, look at Clay. What is Clay going to do right now? If he, if he opts in and up there in um, 
Golden State, which they're going to move across into San Francisco in the Chase Arena next year because Oracle's done. That was the last game in oh, Oracle. That was the last. That, wow. And the thing that the Raptors won all three games. Three games. Yeah, that was that was something amazing. That's yeah. a hard feat to do. And it's Clay can up Clay can stay in Golden State next year. He will get five years and fifty million dollars more if he does, instead of trying to go somewhere else. But the thing is, is with a torn ACL, what is Clay's value right now? That's the biggest thing you have to look at with all the free agency out there with the Lakers, with the Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets. And now you listen to the Wizards where Najiri from the Raptors might want to go there, and he's going to take Kawhi there in a second. Uh, Yeah. Man. Well, we'll we'll get the NBA. There's so much much to talk to. (laughs) This is going to be one of the most most fun NBA off-seasons in a while. It's going to be the wildest. Because I think we're going to see a massive changing of the guard. We we already saw that this year, right? The Nuggets became a good team. Mm -hmm. And this morning they had the... uh, the way too early power rankings yeah. for, oh, uh, God, for the yeah. NBA <laughs> because you know, don't know where anybody's going, but the Warriors were sixth yeah. and the, the Lakers Rockets were seventh. Yep. The Lakers were ninth, I think. And I think it went, uh, it was Bucks, Raptors. Um, who was the third team? Because the fourth team was the Nuggets. Um, Darn, who would that third team have been? Uh, I can't remember what the third um, team was this morning. I've been up for so long trying to get stuff to <laughs> upload online after trying to get JoJo's show from Monday figured out because of all the technical problems we had with that and then splicing everything together and then having problems. But it is up in line. Yeah, yeah it is up. It is up. Uh, I texted him last night saying I put it up for 8 o'clock and then you can go in there and, and put it up anytime you want. We did a really good segment, uh, so I wish Nate was here. We did um, uh, card collecting, but we didn't talk about baseball cards. We talked about – uh, basketball and football cards, Jordan cards, Earl Campbell cards. Oh, it was interesting. I, and I know Nate's gotten into that in terms yeah. of his trading. So, um, but so the, those of you out there that are a fan of JoJo War Drummer Ways, there's a new episode up. I know it's been yep. kind of a while. We've kind of had some big lulls, but you know what? Life gets in the way sometimes when you've yeah. got to work. And, uh, and I mean, JoJo has a busy, 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 busy. If you ever watch JoJo's Twitter feed, yeah. you know how busy JoJo is. It's not is. like he's sitting at home on the no. couch just, just <laughs> you know, eating pork rinds and watching TV. Exactly. The guy's out there, and he's getting things done. So uh, for those of you that are listening, we do really appreciate it. Do us a huge favor. If you can go and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter under the handle at the SBT Offensive. Helps get us a little bit of publicity publicity um head down to our station website at the sportsoffensive.com you can learn about us and our shows and listen to the current and prior episodes again including jojo war drummer ways uh, check out uh, us on demand on blog talk radio tune in iheart stitcher and as an itunes podcast and you can always call our show at 929-477-3204 again 929-477-3204 now uh, itunes is going away I think it's being replaced by iMusic, whatever they call it is. But is that I'm, what's going on? I saw iTunes a is going to be done very soon. Okay. So if you are <clears throat> dedicated to iTunes uh, in any way, you're going to have to change. Um, I don't. I, I believe your songs and stuff that you've purchased will port over to the new app. Right. So it stays I mean, in your library, more yeah, or less. I mean, well, if it's already, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I abandoned Apple so long ago that yeah, I, I'm not really I don't, sure. I don't use iTunes so. at all just because <laughs> I just I, – I just I mean, I have I have a MacBook Air here for my computer, but, I, I mean, I don't have an Apple phone. I don't use iTunes or anything right. like that. I, I just use iTunes essentially for my iPod, right. uh, which I've got two iPod Classic. I just – the Classic is the best MP3 player that I've ever owned. 
I, I like the way it works. I can't stand touch screen apps or, uh, or, or these things. When you're on a run, if you're on the plane or whatever, and you're like, you know, you're kind of got your eyes closed and you're kind of drowsy, it's so much nicer to be able to feel what you want to do with your finger and, you know, your thumb and move to a new song or right. skip forward or change the volume or something like that, as opposed to these touchscreen things where, you know, you, you accidentally forget to turn the screen off and you tap it against your your arm or your whatever, and now all of a sudden it switches songs and you know, it just Makes drives me crazy. So. Makes sense. I do have to say their their i the iPad to me is the best tablet I've had different tablets. I've, I have used the iPad tablets and I would agree on that. Yeah. One. So that's the one thing they're good for is for flying, uh, so you can watch your movies. And now that yeah. you can download Netflix episodes, I love that because yeah. I downloaded that. Uh, when will you see us or when will you hear us or whatever yeah. it is that about the Parkland or the um, Central Park Five? Those yeah. those kids that got like convicted and then they got overturned from the yeah. DNA yep. evidence. I'm only gotten halfway through it, but. Wow, is that a good show? So it looks like a good highly show. recommend. It's uh, it's it's. I wonder if it's dramatized though. Right, right. And and you always wonder like you know how accurate is this? Like that show, The Act on Hulu. I don't know if you saw it. it I've heard that, of it. I've never seen it. So the mom had a daughter who she made convinced was sick and convinced everybody else she was sick. Oh yeah, it's yeah. It's yeah. called Munchausen by proxy syndrome, mm-hmm. and it's where you're looking for attention and you get the attention. But she got not only did you get attention, but they got like a free house and yeah, free cars I, I do and, remember the story behind that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the show was absolutely fantastic. But how accurate, I'm not sure, as I've heard that the actual Gypsy, who's like the main character, she's in jail right now for all the events that happened. I do believe I remember hearing that, too. And she's pissed because she's not getting any money because right. they changed just enough that they could say it's not actually a, a, right. bio, or a biography or right. a documentary. It's a mockumentary. You right. Know? It's, it's based on tr- – Things that ha- it's based on true um, yeah, happenings, true, but, events, right. true events, but not really. Right, it's, like, it's not an accurate story. It's right. just like, oh, we we peppered in some stuff that happened into a story. Exactly. So, anyway, uh, but I do highly recommend that. Plus, the new season of Black Mirror is out on Netflix. So if you're a fan of that show, only seen this first episode so far. I try to wean myself slowly because you only get three episodes this time. Yep. But uh, the first episode is wild. So I, I've seen the preview for that. That does yeah, look pretty wild. I, I recommend that first episode. So it, it, it'll, it'll push your boundaries. So uh, you want to go ahead and read the uh, yeah, trivia yeah. question we've got? Okay, so Women's World Cup is going on right now, and we've had some controversy over the women and the goal scoring. So what is the largest win in the history of the Women's World Cup before the USA beat Thailand? That is our sports trivia question of the week. And so that game in Th- against Thailand was a 13 to nothing drubbing. Yes, it was. I actually got lucky that I saw it because I just turned on the TV when I went back to my hotel room, and it, it was about mm, – I'm going to say five minutes into the second half. Right. And so I just got to see the second half because the game was gone kind of early. I think it was on like right. 3.30 or yeah, I 4 think It, it wasn't early. Eastern I remember time. seeing all the highlights yeah, of that so, game. But I watched at least five goals. And, man, I mean, I started to feel bad. You know, you're kind of like, can't you just like play keep away at this point? But two things came up. One was during the broadcast, uh, the the woman who was on the broadcasting team and I, I apologize. I don't know who she is. I'm sure she's. I'm guessing she was a former player. Julie Foundy. I, I oh, I wouldn't know the name. I, it's probably it, that might be the person because I know I saw a couple interviews done by her after that game. Oh, gotcha. So yeah, very well could have been. Yeah. And she was saying it's actually more disrespectful to stop playing full steam because now you're saying to the other team, you're not good enough for us to play full speed. Yeah. And, and that has some validity to it. Um, you see, you know, we talk about college football, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge college football fan where these teams would run the score up and run the score up. And, and, and Joe Paterno said it once, he's like, you know what, if you don't want me to run the score up, stop us. 
Yeah, Belichick says that all the time. Yeah, it's just like these are my fourth and fifth string running backs that are breaking 80 yard running runs against you. If you don't want us to score, then stop them. <laughs> yeah, and if you and if you don't want to get thrashed and you're not a good team, you shouldn't have contracts to play big team. Big and and time that's program. the whole thing, you know, when when those teams go into those Big Ten programs where they're getting the million dollar payday that funds mostly all of their sports programs for the year. It, it happens. It's usually the third week of September that, that those games happen. Unfortunately, um, you can mark it on your calendar every year. That's about the That's the, that's <laughs> the, that's the day you sometimes you don't want to watch some college football. Hmm. So maybe a good day to put bets down on favorites though, right? It's so, a really good day to bet the favorites. I mean, especially some of those huge point spreads. And if you get some inside information on some teams, have some injuries, where some of these other teams are coming in. Like, I mean, we saw, uh, I don't remember the team that beat UNLV the other year. Uh, they were 40 point underdogs and ended up beating UNLV. So, um, you know, it, they're, they're out there, but uh, you know, it makes for interesting television sometimes. 40 point underdog and you win. Yeah. They, wow. It, it was like Robert Morris college or it was a college town, a small college town at DC. Yeah, make your, make your decade. You yeah, know? it does. It does. Oh, that's, 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 you know, I mean, it's, I don't know why, you know, it's like, I, I think it's probably just an American thing where we love to see the underdog yeah. achieve and win. You know, it's like, it's why I think game shows are so popular here. Right. Because we all want to live vicariously. Mm-hmm. We all want to say like, I want that to happen to me, but I think it's cool that for the most part, Americans, we, we look at that and we say, good for you. We want to do that too, as opposed to, oh, screw you for getting to do that. Like, we love superstar athletes. We love the superstar right. actors. We love, you know, the people who are at the pinnacles of their professions or their disciplines. We cheer them on because I think for us, it's like, well, it's, it's partially, it's just, a, it's just a national pride, right? It's like, mm-hmm. they're one of us and they're doing great. Just like, all the people the Jewish face, right? They love all, all the people that are successful that are Jewish. Yep. You know, not because they don't like anybody else, but because you love to celebrate, you know, what you've got going on. Exactly. And I think, again, that's why sports is so big here. And, you know, we love sports for, like, for that reason. Also, because we like to play it. And yep. even down to the to the rec softball league exactly. level, you win a championship, <laughs> you win a championship. That's you know, exactly you get to right. Feel, you get to have a good time with your friends and you get to feel happy. It's camaraderie. Um, exactly. You know, and it's good lessons to learn, especially for kids. You know, it's yep. about it's teamwork and you know, learn to lose, learn to win, you know, learn to be gracious, learn to be, you know, humble and all that kind of things. But I, I there was an interesting thing that Brandon Stokely said about that women's game. And it was that, you know, he said, not only are they professionals, which they are, they are. right? I mean, they're being paid, right? So you're a professional, yeah. but it's not just being professional. It's not even just being on a team in a professional league. This is the World Cup. This is the biggest tournament, the most prestigious tournament, the highest level of the highest level of the sport. Yep. And you shouldn't disrespect the sport by not trying your best. And I get that. And so I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. I'm okay with the route. Um, and I also I, I appreciate that I saw our players go immediately over to the other team at the end of the game, especially like when the goalie who had her you know, hands on her knees and she was bent over yeah. and you could tell she was just emotional because she, you know, she had just gotten thrashed, you know, and I can't remember which player it was that went over to her first, but uh, I don't know if it was Morgan or not, but um, you know, there was a player who went immediately over to the goalie and was right, like, you right. know, you did a great job. You, you're representing your nation. You're, you know, you're obviously the best of your, you know, you're the best of the best of your nation. You know, you did yeah. great. And then, you and, know, the other thing we have to look at is the Americans put a lot more money into the women's game than other 
nations do like Thailand out there. Um, I believe it was the Chinese women or the Korean women that gave us a couple runs for our money the past eight years. I which of the two? But you know they put in money into their. I think you're right about Korea. Last I believe I think it I, was Korea because I was watching the World Cup game at CB and Potts with my folks. Uh, last time, actually with Brian and Carla too, yeah. and I'm pretty sure it was Korea. I think he got. Yeah, it. I, I think so, I, yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, it's like, yeah, it's. It, I just, you know, it, it. I think if they didn't want them to score on them, what they could have done is um, Thailand could have then just played kind of the Spain ball keep away, right. right? Where how Spain plays in the men's tournament, which is just, you know, we're just going to pass it back and forth to ourselves, mm-hmm. and you can just kind of jog back and forth, and we'll just run the clock down. Yeah. But they didn't, and I give, I give Thailand a lot of credit for not doing that. They were like, no, we're going to keep trying to maybe see if we can get a goal. Yeah. You know, I mean, we never know what could cause a breakaway. And, very uh, you true, know, very true. I, I do feel bad in terms of, you know, assuming that it's the same as the men's World Cup, that means that if there's a tiebreaker, it goes by goal, right? Goal, goal differential, I believe, is the tiebreaker. So they're going to be in trouble because even if they do well in their next three right. games, they're got a negative 13. To exactly. You, you hang a number like with. that up there, and it's, it's just so kind of like – They have to hope the U.S. does the same thing to the other teams in their table, right? I tell you what, I, I uh, watching Sports Center this morning while I was trying all these internet problems at, at my apartment complex, um, I did see the England the, – uh, England played this morning against another team – and the English goaltender right at the end of the game made an absolutely unbelievable save. I mean, she dove completely to her left, practically eyes wide open, just hoping to touch the ball and knocked it out of the goal, mm. basically. And, it was, and, and, and England went on to win the game, I believe. I, just, I saw it this morning on, on top ten, Sports Center's top ten, and it was, just, it was an incredible, incredible save by the English goaltender. No, it's cool to see. And I also uh... – in looking up the uh, the trivia question that we have, yeah, um, I watched the highlights uh, that they had on there from this other game that was the was the largest lopsided victory uh, prior to this game with right. the U.S. and Thailand, and it's just crazy because the very first goal was a corner kick, and on the corner kick the goalie jumped up to try and punch the ball like out of the box, right, right, right. which is a common move with goalies. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, she wasn't tall enough, or she didn't jump high enough, so her knuckles just like hit the bottom of the ball, oh, and, and it, it just jumped over her and into yeah. the goal, <laughs> and that was how it started, and it just went downhill from there. Oh, that's that's so, horrible. Well, you hate to see that happen, especially especially to the women sometimes, because you know, oh, yeah. I, I, some of those some of those ladies aren't you know six foot three and and goal right. and and, and right. so on and so forth. But yeah, you know, that's a heartbreaker, especially in some of those foreign countries that have just smaller stature, and yeah. I think Thailand probably falls into that category. Oh, by far where i mean you know i mean i think thai women are gorgeous they're like like vietnamese women they yeah. can just be unbelievably stunning but i don't think they often are are more than five foot three no i i think that that just proves a point where you know you, you get some of these other countries where the you know just by evolution to say the least where they're the way that their 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 culture not their culture but the way they just have been brought up through society like you know look at china i mean how many years old is china as a country and just oh. like every and it's just like the way <laughs> like their stature isn't you know i mean if you look back at early america in new york city some of the doors people 
there's six foot three people that couldn't fit through some of the doors in apartments <laughs> in New York City because they're built that small. Well, and you know, a big a big thing that came into it is calcium is necessary for bones to get to mm-hmm. a lot longer lengths and for people to get taller. And it's why, uh, like at least in Anglo-Saxon areas, yes. you've seen a lot of generations where the, the next generation is taller than the previous generation. And not just Angles, but any, any race or ethnicity that's raised in that area because we had cows early or goats. And, and, not, and, to mention, and not to mention these days, I know a lot of people have talked about the hormones that we put into the cows and that and that, 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 that the, oh, the God, people that, that are growing worse. Yeah, the people <laughs> that are growing up are they're, they're bigger and stronger than we were when we were in high school. The, the women are bigger and stronger than we were in high school. You know, you have girls that are there's a girl that's going to be an, a, an NAIA um, safety. She wants to be an NAIA safety for uh, a college. She's made the What's team. NIA? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's basically lower than Division Three. basically. Oh, NA, okay. NAIA is just like NCAA, NAIA is just another league out there that, just that's a little bit lower. It's just gotcha. lower. Well, you know, and, and like places like Japan, China, and, and in that area, they didn't have cows, and they didn't yes. have goats, and so they didn't have milk. And a big problem, and I don't know if as much as in China as it was in Japan, but in Japan, that was a huge issue for a long time. And then after all the wars had ended and everything kind of settled down, uh, and they started getting, you know, then they started having the Kobe beef, and then they also started getting the cows, having milk imported, and then getting cows to do milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that caused a massive upswing in terms of height in that country, uh, because again, they just finally had the calcium that was needed for the bones to actually grow that big. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we're just lucky in that regard that we've had access to everything all this time. But I also wonder if our women's teams are so dominant in soccer because we don't have a ton of other high profile female professional sports. It's very true. We have the WNBA right now, which is Um, the only real professional league right to compete with uh, the men's style league yeah that's really the only professional we do have a smaller hockey league in canada and the u.s but that's being okay. boycotted because of their salaries really? yeah that oh. we talked about that a couple of weeks ago their salaries are fractions of what the men are getting um and a lot of gotcha. the players a lot of the main players that won the, the cup the the, the uh the gold medal um, for the United States this past Olympics, or and and can, Canadian team we played, and that's a great rivalry right now between. If you want to watch some really good women's hockey, watch the U.S. play Canada in women's hockey, and you're gonna you'll see some outstanding. Pretty much hockey. the best two teams. Yeah, and women's hockey has come so far in the past 20 years. It's absolutely insane. Just the, even watching um, the women's NCAA 2A tournament in in college has come so far. It's 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 just great to see the women competing at a level like that, and some of the the talent that's come out. And I, but I, I just wonder if that's why our teams are so so much better than other countries is that the women this is like this is kind of a pinnacle sport or mm-hmm. spot to go for other than in, in the WNBA whereas in men's sports it's like well I can play uh, baseball football right. uh, basketball or hockey and probably make more money in any of those than in right. soccer in soccer. Is, I think it's a higher paying professional thing for women, even though I know that the same issue that you're talking about with yeah. hockey is going on with, with and, women's and, and soccer. And it's on an international level, just like the, M- the WNBA is more of American, where you don't really get to see the international game. You know, with right. hockey, I mean, right. with uh, soccer, you get to see that international competition where we play against everyone in the world. Yeah, no, and I, and I look forward to watching it. I mean, love watching uh, our ladies just crush it out there. It's always fun when, yeah. I mean, not all the time is it fun to route people, but uh, in women in women's soccer, it is kind of fun to watch uh, watch watch us route. It is, and, and I mean, I, what was it, 1994 when um, Brandy Chastain uh, took off her jersey with right. a sports bra on? I mean, look how far we've come since then. 
Right, and that was like a huge moment. And it's yeah. like since then, it's like, oh no, we've pretty much been the favorite ever since. Yeah. So uh, no, it's it, it'll be fun. Now, do you know if they play tonight or tonight? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. It's been I, a long time since that game, and, and they hadn't played another one as of last night, as far just, as I know. Let me try to pull up my ESPN. I think app they were still. Quick. I think they were still one and zero in terms of in their in their table. But uh, uh, great, I mean, great, great start to the to the World Cup. So um, while you go ahead and look that up, we do want to send out our condolences to uh, David Ortiz. Hope that he is on his way to a full recovery. I th- I think it's it's optimistic. Yes, um, they had to do a lot of maintenance in his body because that bullet. Well, originally when that came out, I didn't want to cut you off there because no, I heard I heard a bunch about this story. He originally thought he got shot in the leg. Who actually got shot in his leg was the person, his friend that was next to him, because the bullet went sheer through his back, through his gallbladder, his stomach, and into his friend next to him. Oh wow! Is so what actually happened after going through him? him. Yes, it went I completely saw the through same, him. Saw the same report you said, where they said they thought he got shot in the leg, and right? Then went down and then to all, dinner, yeah. And they, then later they're like he's being air, he's being airlifted to Boston. It's like, yeah. whoa, you know that sounds serious because you know Boston. I mean, Boston's kind of like the epicenter of amazing medical, you yeah, know, practice. It is, so. and that's they have uh, uh, Boston. Uh, Boston U uh, has one of the. Like, it's, I know when I finally pass on, I want to donate my brain to science from you know, the, the look for CTE because I, with how many concussions I have, right. that's one of the things I already plan on doing. And I know Boston mass or whichever Boston general, Boston mass, uh, whichever hospitals up there does the main research. And I want to get that set up at some point. Yeah. I, I feel it's an obligation for people to be able to research that. Yeah. And it's one of the best, I mean, like I said, just, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's no question that Massachusetts is just teeming with brilliance. I mean, they've got, Ox- I think, I think Oxford's there and then obviously MIT's there and, yep. and you and all those other uh, and Harvard and all those other schools. So, so real quick before I lose this on my phone here, um, tomorrow the U.S. women will play Chile on Fox at 10 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time, so noon Eastern. So not till tomorrow. So that's going to be interesting because Fox is carrying the U.S. Open in golf right now, as far as I know. So that's going to be you said? No Fox. Oh Fox. Because now the, I mean it's not at Pebble Beach. Which means, you know, that doesn't really provide that much of a conflict because, I mean, obviously the tea times are always late around the West Coast. But, yeah, they play, uh, they play Chile tomorrow. So That is a long time between games. And you see that in soccer. From what I, had, from what I remember a lot, you do see some time in between all those games. Yeah, I just like, like, sometimes like five days, though. That's a long time. It is. But uh, maybe that's a primetime matchup time for them or whatever. Or maybe they wanted to make sure that the – Hockey and basketball were over. We're over. I mean, that, God, you can't really. I mean, with with what we just seen in those two sports, it's it's hard to compete. And I feel terrible that I don't know where is the women's World Cup this year. That's a really good question because I was just looking at it too and it didn't say. Uh, yeah, I just just realized it's like they usually that's a big that's a big like marketing point of the World Cup for the men. You know, it's like it's in Brazil and it, or it's in you know South Africa with a Zuzu. Was it the Zuzu Vuelas or whatever the things uh, were called? The, um, the, oh, God. <laughs> I think it was a Zuzu Vuela. So it's, 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 that, you're, you're close. It's right. Or, buzzing sound. Yeah. You know. Um, God, so. it doesn't actually But again, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully we are hoping for a feedy recovery for uh, David Ortiz. Yeah, cause Big Poppy is one of the ambassadors to, to baseball in the Dominican in here. And it was all over a hit. I mean, he literally, it was a yeah, hit on why him. did they want him? Why did and, they want to take him out? Thing. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, they, at first they thought it was a robbery. Mm-hmm. And then they realized after they looked at the tape that it was not a robbery. And it, it, was, it was an actual because, cartel hit is basically what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, did he piss somebody off or did he, did he turn I, down something? And I they can't were like, see anyone being 
test that big poppy in the Dominican. <laughs> like, I mean, what a, I mean, he's an ambassador, like you're saying, he's an ambassador for the game. He's an ambassador yeah. for the sport. Um, and he's an ambassador, not just on the field, but off. I mean, he's like a super generous guy. He's full of just love and a big heart. And he just, he and, never and has a bad word to say. Wasn't it eight for something? It wasn't the, the dollar amount for something like $78 American that the hit was for. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't. I didn't. Get those I, I kind of swear. I, I don't know if it was seventy-eight or seventy-seven hundred and eighty. I just. I know seventy-eight was a number that I saw. Maybe that. I mean, maybe that. I mean, the guy pulled up. That equates to a lot of cash down there. It, it, it could. It, it does actually. Or you I find mean, somebody who's broke enough. Yeah. You know? And the guy pulled up on a moped, walked right up to him, shot him in the back, point blank. Yeah. Just, just they took his gallbladder out. They had to cut some of his uh, intestine out. Oh. I believe they had to do some rearranging of his stomach. Um. You know, it was, a, you know, at first it was, he got shot in the leg and then all of a sudden it was like, well, wait a second. There's a lot more going on here than we first reported or we first knew about. Yeah. And he so might it's have scary. To... It's just scary thinking about that. Yeah. Might have had a cloth me bag for a while or permanently yeah. or who knows. So, I mean, just to have a, that big of a star in his own home country, have that happen to him. Yeah. But will, I'm sure we'll, in later shows, we'll, we'll, when yeah. more of the conspiracy comes out, we'll, uh, we'll be getting into that. So. Um, next on the docket here, uh, Pat Bolin passed Sad. on. Yeah, we, and we, he's been suffering from Alzheimer's now since, what was it, 14? Yeah, 2014 is what they said on the fan was when he first, or on I think when, that's when Shanahan actually, because they had Shanahan on for a great interview yesterday, yeah. and he talked about how uh, Pat was not even a huge football uh, X's and O's fan. Like, he didn't, like, it wasn't a sport that he was obsessed with, and so he didn't get involved in the X's and O's, and he didn't screw up. Um, with the GMs or anything like that by saying, hey, I want this guy or I want this player. But he, And Shanahan said that when he would come to the field, because he was, he was very involved, yes. is what he said. Yes. He Not only was he on a first-name basis with the heads of every section of the team, from mm-hmm. the training staff, you know, the medical staff, the transportation um, people, the strength trainers, the coaches, the you know, all the players and stuff. I mean, like he was very close to everyone and he was very involved in making it a good organization. And, you know, I, you don't have to like the industry you're in to be good at and being a, having a talent for making things efficient and run well yeah. and run smooth. And that's what he was so good at. So talented at. He, he definitely was. He was an owner for the players is really what he was. You know, yeah. I saw, um, I saw a Twitter from, I think it was, uh, there was a couple different, I've uh, some Denver outlaw, one of the Denver outlaw cheerleaders and somebody, another sports figure. Uh, there's a, there was a sign in the locker room and I don't remember what it said. And I don't have, I don't think I have the tweet in front of me anymore. Um, just about the unselfishness of exactly, you know, what they always said. And I, I really, I wish they had it in here. Well, you know, the, the, one of his biggest legacies will be that he had as many Super Bowls as he had losing seasons. Mm. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's saying something yeah. that we, you never have a bad, a bad season or you rarely have a bad season. Right. You're, you're, you're putting the resources that you need to into your team. He was a consummate, uh, you know, businessman because he also owned the Denver outlaws and, and, you know, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He, he owned them. He wanted them playing, playing at my high. He wanted the Stein. The Stein I know he funded a hundred percent of the uh, boys and girls clubs mm-hmm. in the Denver area, which is not many teams do that. No. And, you know, LeBron is pretty big on that when he was back yeah. in Cleveland, but uh, I guess the Broncos were, are just huge on that mm-hmm. uh, down here in Denver. Um, also, uh, what they also Shanahan was saying, um, oh yeah, we got a call. Um, I just want to real quick one and say, uh, Shanahan was saying that he, uh, one of the things he did ask all the time, especially about the rookies and the second year players is what kind of a person are they? Yeah. What kind how classy of a person, how dedicated of a person, how loyal of a person are they? And that, uh, he was always concerned with having a good, a, a, a good 
I got a good natured team or a good mm-hmm. a team of good people, right? As right. well as good character players. people, character yeah. players is what he always had on the team. Absolutely. So, but yeah, that I mean, our hearts go out to the Bowling family. I know they've been struggling with a lot. I know his wife has all, all onset Alzheimer's right now too, if I remember oh, right. Uh, so they both do, and we know that the, the 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 kids right now are you know running the team as best they, as well they can with John Elway. And, so. and I can tell you from working in pharmaceuticals with Alzheimer's. That's right. It's, you not do. A, it's not a way. It's not. A, it's not a pleasant way yeah. for a person. To, and he's been out of the public. The he hasn't been in public in quite some time. You right. haven't. You have not seen him in public right. in quite some time. So. So looks like we have a caller on the line. Uh, caller, why don't you tell us your name? Where you're calling from? Well, Joe in Pittsburgh, and yeah, just your last comment, sir. I, I actually work at a hospital, so I see that condition all the time, and just how painful it is uh, on the family, especially when someone's going through that. But as far as uh, bowling, um, I think that that Denver's Bronco team in the mid to late 90s um, is kind of overlooked in the history of the NFL as one of the greatest teams of all time. Uh, You know, they went back to back. And if you remember the year before they won the Super Bowl, they actually lost in one of the biggest upsets of all time against Jacksonville, where they could have very easily uh, won three Super Bowls in a row which no team has ever done. And they really weren't beaten um, after their Super Bowls. No one really took the championship from them. It was basically just John Elway retiring. That's what ended the dynasty. So um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you can put that team up with some of the best, uh, you know, dynasties of all time in the NFL. I just don't see them, uh, you know, especially in the media, being um, portrayed as one of the best dynasties of all time. You know, I, I think maybe that's because Elway was so impressive that that he got too much credit. And not that he wasn't fantastic. Of course he was. But I, I don't think that oftentimes they didn't give enough credit to all of the, the – how many great players were on those teams that you're talking about. I mean, yeah, on the offense, you've yeah. got Rod Stewart or Rod Smith, and you've got Eddie McCaffrey. You had – Don't forget the, T.D. Yeah, right. Terrell Davis, who finally got in the Hall of Fame, yep. and I think he should have been there a while well, earlier. And Pat did get in this year too. Absolutely. And you had Shannon Sharp, you know, mm-hmm. one of the best, one of the first, one of the first great tight end receiving tight ends in the league, you know, with Tony Gonzalez. Yep. Um, and on the defense side, you had Atwater, who was just an absolute you know, the consummate captain. Mm-hmm. You had Trevor Price, who was, you know, putting on some crazy pressure on the outside. You had Romanowski out there. I mean, Al Wilson. I mean, that team was just loaded. They were, they were, they were really a, a great team. And, you know, I think hearing Pat say this one's for John sticks out in my mind all the time when I think of Pat Bowen, when he got up there and handed him that trophy for that Super Bowl. So, right. You know, you know, this one's for John and this one's for Pat, you know, it's a, you know, I, I think that Elway feels a great deal of um, adoration and um, responsibility for steering the, uh, steering the team correctly and in, in a Pat Bowen way. And I get tired when people criticize John Elway all the time about his GM work. It's like, you know what? The only team other than the Patriots in the Super Bowl in like the last 10 years has been the Broncos. So he's doing something right. Oh, yeah, he is. And I, I know I've bashed him on a couple different drafts. I think his draft this year was one of the better drafts he's had in, in all of the seasons here. Uh, and I'm looking forward to see what this team does this year. Um, and, and like I said, you know, the Bowen family is still 
uh, running the team as they do as a committee right now. So, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things. It's a sad day in Denver that we do lose one of our, our, our most outstanding citizens in, in the town. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Joe, do you feel that now that uh, Mr. Boland has passed, do you think this will kind of expedite getting the ownership question figured out? Uh, that, 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 that's, I guess that's the million dollar question. Um, I'm not sure of that, but, but before I go, gentlemen, I just want to share a quick story with you. So I'm in Pittsburgh. However, I'm not a Steeler fan whatsoever. And I was at the game that actually started it all when uh, Denver beat Cordell Stewart and the Steelers, um, in the AFC championship game. Um, that that started their their you know two year Super Bowl run, and and let me just say this: what I remember, and and it, you can go back, and it's always talked about with John Elway and, and and Shannon Sharp, you know they drew up a play at the end of the game that wasn't even on their um, in their playbook, where Elway just said, okay, Shannon Sharp, you do this, you do that, and Shannon Sharp looked at him and was like, that's not in the playbook. And it ended up working the play um, that gave him a first down and basically ended the game in Pittsburgh. And uh, nice. that was, as a fan, it was one of my best experiences ever, um, just hearing the silence of the Steeler fan base when Denver went in there in the AFC Championship and won that game. Very um, nice. So Very nice. just maybe Absolutely. if you guys could – comment on that game uh, put me in mute in the lobby and let, let me hear your comments gentlemen oh absolutely well uh yeah. thank you so much for calling in joe yeah, and joe, uh thanks. you know uh, it's funny you mentioned cordial stewart right and that's another denver uh you know superstar right that was the man who uh brought a title to our our university here the only ncaa university football of Colorado. we've ever had uh along with uh, the great ray caruth and uh, who was the other one that we had? Rashawn Salam. Wasn't that Westbrook was up there because uh, the the the, the uh, Hail Mary touchdown at Michigan was Cordell. No, but I was thinking, who was the other big oh, star? Sorry. Wasn't it Rashawn Salam? Uh, yes, Rashawn Salam was up the there. Right? Okay. I, yeah, yeah, he's the one that actually passed away, but his Heisman Trophy's still up in the uh, the new um, their new facility up at CU up there. So, but no, oh, I need to see that. No, it's I've got a picture of it actually. I think up on Facebook because I was in there um, for a lacrosse game. But uh, the, that game that that Joe's talking about is, is one of those things where that moment of silence after you hear those Pittsburgh fans just the the air taken out of their sand. And it, that, that here, that John Elway just draws a play up in the sand, mm-hmm. basically in the dirt, to come out and, and do it. That's that's sign of a great player that well, knows the game. And, and he had so much heart. You know, he was so. I think one of the things, one of the personality traits that has more effectiveness in leadership than anything else is just the genuine. If you're a genuine person, mm-hmm. and I think that's how people felt about John Elway. Yeah. And I don't know about his personal life, and I know that there was some some stuff happened with him and his wife. Uh, I don't I don't know what they are, so I won't comment on. Right. Um, There's but, some rumors out there, but, but we're not going to go you know, there. I mean, no one's perfect, but I think that he's a very genuine. I think that he was straight. Right. I think he was straight with you. It's like you didn't do your job on this play. Next time when I throw this ball to you, you better be in the right spot. Yeah. You know, he I demanded think, perfection. Yes. And I think it's like, like Tom Brady does. Yeah. And, you know, Cordell Stewart is not the kind of player that does that. Of course, Pittsburgh has never really been an offensive team in, until the very most recent time. Right. I mean, they were always that Antonio defensive and, and stalwart, you know. Yeah. 
And uh, and now their defense has fallen off in the past couple of years, and now you, and you, they let the, you, you, you got Levy and go, go Antonio, and the place just explode implodes. Yeah, but, I, but I, I totally agree with Joe. There is no more satisfying moment as a sports fan than when your team shuts up the fan base of another team. Yeah, and it's all good natured, of course. We're all just there to have a good time, but it's so much fun to. Put your stamp on it, you know, put mm-hmm. the stomp on the throat in, in, in the, in that way in, in sporting, you know, that was my first year in Denver. That was, uh, that was, I believe 1997. That was my first year I moved down here. And see, I moved out here in 1998 and yeah. I'll always remember that because it was to me, the greatest summer of baseball I've ever yeah. seen. McGuire broke the re- Well, so did Sosa, but right, McGuire right. broke the record for the home runs. Um, there was so many records that were broken that year. Uh, I think the doubles record was broken and the, um, I don't know if the strike well, strikeouts wasn't broken, but it was like career right. like complete games or something. Anyway, it was just a it was just a, it was year a great full of accomplishments. Yeah, it really you know? was. And moving into Denver on my way down from Wyoming, driving here from California, and yes, I'm sorry, I Californicated Colorado, uh, <laughs> but uh, if it makes you feel any better, I lived in Gunnison in my first year, which is a up in the mountains near Crested Butte, where the X Games used to be held. Yep. And uh, I had to learn to drive in the snow very quickly yes, because it snowed very often, and it's a 45-minute <laughs> drive from Gunnison to Crested Butte yes, where I yes. work. So I learned how to drive in the snow. Uh, I'm always amazed when I see somebody tearing down the road in an SUV 4x4 going 85 in snow because they're like, oh, I've got four-wheel drive. I'm all good. It's like that doesn't change the fact that you don't have half as much friction between your tire and the right. road. So you're well, still going to spin. I always like when I used to, when I used to be able to ski, and now my knees have, my knees and back are so far gone. You know, you see that, that escalate that's going 80 down the back high backside of Eisenhower into Silverthorne gone past you. And then a mile down the road, they're on the roof. Well, or, or you watch them do a 360 right <laughs> yeah. in front of you. And you're like, was it really that important to be five seconds early? You know, I mean, or get there five seconds earlier or faster, I guess. Exactly. So. And, you know, some people just don't don't get I grew up, I mean, I, I got, I, I worked at Camelback Ski Area in the Poconos one winter where my CJ7, the defrosters broke. I actually put my ski goggles on, held my head out the window on I, I-80 driving down, <laughs> driving down the highway in a snowstorm. I've seen that, actually had that <laughs> occurrence happen a couple of times in stories and in personal life yeah. where you had multiple people driving in, or multiple people in the car. And yeah, it, you just couldn't even see. And so you're yeah. like, you, somebody get their head out the window and just make sure we're not going to go off the edge. Exactly, you know? exactly. And then I can tell you driving over Monarch Pass into Gunnison. Oh, good Lord. Man, you can have an 85 degree sunny day on both ends of Man- Monarch Pass. <laughs> and in that 45 minute or I mean, not that one, probably like a 25 minute drive up yeah. and down that mountain, you could go through a blizzard. It's you really could. Always I always snowing. I almost I did that once with my old CJ7 coming over, coming through Eisenhower once, where a beautiful day in Breckenridge, all of a sudden it was 45 degrees and pouring rain, flash flood warnings everywhere, and I didn't have my top with me on that Jeep. Oh no! I only had a bikini, I had a, I had a bikini top and doors on that Jeep, and we made it all the way back to Boulder. Hey, hey, wearing your bikini is your own business, <laughs> not none of ours. But, you know, it could have been a great dynasty for the Broncos. It, really it, was, it was a great it, dynasty. It, it they won was. back to back. Like, and like Joe said, it gets a little underrated, or it does get underrated when you look back on it. And, uh, you know, it shouldn't be because uh, Pat architect, architected that team along with a, a lot of other people to get that, that quality right. of player. I mean, well, that, that's the days of Mecklenburg and everything like that, if I remember right. Um, you know, just to bring that quality of, of teammate and player to the city of Denver and put that special team together. Right. And it's, it's so many players that you loved, 
and everything. And it would have been great to get a three-peat, like Joe said, yeah. that never happened. Um, there was a lot of talk about that for the Niners, remember yep. when they had one, two? Oh, yeah. And a little bit of talk like that with the Cowboys, but uh, I don't think they were really that cl- – they didn't seem as dominant that third year at all, no. even though I think the year after that, when Switzer came in, they won again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was obviously the team that um, – well, you could say the team that Jimmy James or Jimmy uh, – Jim, Jimmy Johnson made right. or or built, but I guess it'd be more accurate to say the team that Herschel Walker built, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean that's all all those picks. Yeah, that's where all Super those Bowl. picks came. So, um, anyway, once again, uh, you know, thoughts and and and, and prayers out to the uh, Bolin family. Hopefully, like I was asking Joe earlier, I just hope that this does let them um, get this ownership thing figured out. Let's not let it become toxic. Yeah. Let's not let it become an issue uh, that that uh, that festers and and, and at and, some point hurts. Like you know, oh, we can't extend a contract to this player because there's a little bit of a question about who owns the team. You know what I mean? It needs to be needs to remain in trust un, until it's figured out, and then it needs to happen a hundred percent. It just mm-hmm. needs to go to that person a hundred percent. It does, and I think with um Pat with Pat now passing away, and his wife still is alive. Um, you know, that I think, excuse me, I think we push forward into more of that realm of what's going to happen a little bit faster. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's been going on long enough. It has. And like I said, it's been two, 2014 when he first got diagnosed mm-hmm. and we all knew that this day was going to come at some point. We just really hoped it never would. Honestly, five years is, is a, is a pretty good run with it, Alzheimer's. It, it really uh, is. As those plaques and tangles or the plaques begin to build up. Um, the amyloid plaque, basically, they block the signals yeah. from being transferred from one neuron to the other. Uh, you can try and get around it with ketones. You can try. There's some medications like Namenda and right. and things like that you can use to try to to slow its progression. But every time, once an activity of daily living leave a person with Alzheimer's, it's not coming back. So right. the first day they can't dress themselves, they can't dress themselves anymore. The first day they can't take a shower, they can't take a shower anymore. The first day they can't cook anymore, they can never cook again. So it's it's just one of those it's just one of those horrible diseases where everything it takes away, you're never going to get back. There's yeah. no chance of it. So, yeah. um, but I mean, you know what, there is that, uh, kind of the, that chaos going on with that new drug that, uh, I guess, I think Jensen made, I think, but there, there's some issue with, they didn't report that it was effective for stopping Alzheimer's because they didn't have enough study work right. done. But now of course, people who have the disease or have loved ones with the disease, you're like, I don't care if you have proof yet, let's try it before I, the person I love dies. Right. And what people don't realize is if you try to use something for something and you haven't figured out if that drug works properly to do that yet, and you haven't mapped out the negative effects of something, and yes, I understand you may say, well, who cares about the negative effects? They're going to die in five years anyway. Well, what if I told you that if this is not used correctly, it could end up making them die in a year and very painfully. Right. You know, that, you don't that's make one of the worse. things where, you know, you, and, and you're, you know this all too well because you work on that side of the industry where, you know, you need the proper studies to go on and so on and so forth. Um, you don't want to see someone die a, a painful death ever. Yeah. There's a reason those studies cost $500 million yeah. because you have to do everything to make sure people don't know what's going on. And with Alzheimer's, kind of like autism or like um, any time a person that's been put into a somewhat vegetative state, the person can't convey to you what's going on or exactly. what's wrong. And that's where the problem comes in because now they may be trying to scream to you that they're feeling internal burning nonstop in their abdomen. That's just excruciating pain that no one would ever want to experience and they can't tell you. Right. And so that's, that's what you have to be careful of. So um, let's go back to the NBA. 
Yeah. So again, you know, the Rockets upset the Warriors. And if you nope. are a Raptors. PlayStation or I'm sorry, thank you. Uh, <laughs> if you're a PlayStation or an Xbox fan, NBA 2K19 is on sale for three dollars, about three forty after tax. I haven't gotten a new NBA 2K for like three years or four years. Is that on Amazon? No, no, no. It's oh, on okay. uh, PlayStation Network. Oh, okay. No, the EA is. Or oh, uh, I'm oh, sorry, okay. uh, uh, not EA. Who makes a 2K? Uh, uh, I think I want to say it's an. Starts with an R, I think. Yeah, it's it's not EA anymore that makes 2K. Yeah, they well they they make uh, NBA Live, which right. is not nearly as good. NBA, EA starting to suck, but uh, anyway, um, I love the NBA 2Ks. I mean, I I know that the novelty of them is kind of worn off, but like I said, I haven't had a new one for at least three years, and it might be four. So to get this one, you know, I kept waiting for one that was cheap because I wanted yep. to buy it like three or four times, mm-hmm. and they're selling the last year's version for this full price, and you're like, I'm not paying sixty bucks yeah. for last year's game, let alone this year's. Oh, I always hate when they do that. Yeah, you're it's like, why would I pay they full know, price right? for last they're, year? They're like, they know what you're trying to do, so they try to, to get around it. But they're having that huge sale. It's kind of like I think it was four years ago. I had a, got a version because it was free on PlayStation Plus, so okay. I don't really pay much for NBA 2K games, but. Um, the first one I ever had was the one that where Jordan was on the cover oh, okay. and it had the 25 greatest moments of his career that you right. try to redo. Mm-hmm. And that was a phenomenal game. And this one, I mean, it, it's not, I don't like it quite as much as the older versions, but uh, it's a, it's a great, it, I mean, as far as the basketball game goes, it, it, you can't do better. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also very fun. Cause I look forward now to deciding which team to pick to play a full 81 game or 82 game season and then go through the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I did that with the heat the last time I had the game when it was LeBron and, and right. Bosch and, and when Wade and everyone this year, I don't know who to pick. So I'm, I'm not going to do the warriors. That's just, that, that wouldn't even be any fun because right. you'd just be rolling people. So who do you think would be the most fun team to play with? Not necessarily who's the best team. And I mean, maybe it's the Raptors. I mean, they are the Raptors or, or um, Portland. Yeah, Portland, Portland would be, would be interesting. Portland yeah. would be fun. Yeah, what about the Clippers? Clippers would be fun too. I mean, there's a, I mean, we talk about, you know, before we get into the NBA here, I mean, we talk about the, you know, what's going to happen in free agency and you know, they're already talking Anthony Davis trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking about, you know, who's going to go where and it's going to be absolutely crazy. I mean, this is going to be the craziest NBA offseason I think we're ever going to see. Well, I mean, so KD and Clay both injured completely change who the Warriors are now, right? Yeah, it, it I mean, does, and they're not coming back anytime soon. Is an ACL going to fix in, in, in time for next season? I don't know. I don't think it does. I don't think they have enough time. I mean, there's, AC- there's, two, there's, there's enough downtime between football seasons that you could do it, but there's not enough downtime in between NBA season. I mean, the NBA is going to start back up here with preseason at the end of September. And see, I think the fact that you wear cleats in football is a reason why you can come back earlier in football. Mm-hmm. Sneakers don't have the same kind of grip. And exactly. You know, I mean, I mean, look at Zion blowing out his damn sneaker. Right. Right. He's <laughs> exploding on the court. So, so it's, it's going to yeah. be interesting because, like I said earlier, Clay can stay and can opt in in Golden State for five years instead of four on another team. And he'll make 50 extra million dollars. The only thing is you're talking about like in, in terms of like the CBA, like the, yeah, the yeah. rules about the contract, yep, the contracts. So it, it, the thing is, is, is you look at it going, how can you let Clay sit down a whole year and pay him that money? Right, and then and then you have to re-sign him. You're gonna have you to know? re-sign him. Plus, you're gonna have and, to add you're players that, to the bench. That cap hit now. And now, right now, the luxury tax. If they keep KD and Clay, they're gonna pay over 200 million in luxury tax. Whoa! Yes, that's huge. So that's it's, a lot of money. To, with, with those what, two, what's the salary cap like? Well, it's I don't know. 190 million, something like that. <laughs> but it's 
it's there's so many interesting ways because of these two injuries and with uh, Kawhi probably bolting out of Toronto as fast as he can because of Najiri, who was in an altercation on the court afterward. There's a, there's a that mis- was interesting. Well, he was trying to get to the court after the Raptors won, and apparently he either bumped in or pushed a security guard who didn't know who he was. And the security guard, I don't, I'm not and sure what the security guard was. saying that they, they got punched in the face, and then I don't, that's uh, okay. witnesses saying no, it's being blown way yeah. out of proportion. So, but I don't know, he is, he wants to go out of Toronto. With what happened with that, the owner, one of the owner, investors Investor, in, investor. Uh, in, yeah, in, in Golden State, what do you think about that whole thing? I mean, well, to me, I don't think you should ever be touching an opposing player. No, now I'll tell you this I think a year banishment from Golden State games is the perfect fine for that guy plus the money monetary should be more plus the guy should come up and actually monetarily uh give into the community a little bit more now the thing that i really i feel bad for because what people don't realize is the woman sitting in the second row um took a direct shoulder to her breast in that in that fall into the stands Uh, like she literally she was holding herself right there and the guy that was sitting with her was asking her if she was okay and no one's focused on that poor lady that was sitting there because she obviously i mean she took basically a football hit into her chest region and i don't know if this is a wives tale thing or or if this is accurate but i've heard trauma to the breast can like trigger breast cancer I've heard that too. And yeah, now I, I'm not a doctor. I'm no, not I'm claiming not, that. Yeah. That's now medically. the other thing that I've always, sure. the other thing that, that I've heard because of this is because whenever you sit courtside, there's a card that says, be, be aware that just like baseball, be aware that, you know, player could come into the seat. These are courtside seats, blah, 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 blah. Um, that you have to be aware of your surroundings at all time that something might happen. The ball ball might come in. A player might dive into yeah, the, you're on your own recognizance. You are, you are. But I just, no one's ever made anything about that poor lady that was, she had a, she had a yellow shirt on sitting behind in the second row. No one's ever mentioned anything about her. I just feel bad for that lady. You're right. And she's probably not getting any kind of compensation <laughs> no. or anything. So, um, but she looked, in, she I, looked like she was in obvious pain after it happened. Sure. Um, and I agree with you that the, the time uh, of the expense suspension, I think, is about right. Yeah. Give them a year. Monetary-wise, you know what? For these guys, if you're the guys a billionaire. in Golden State, yeah, you're not – I mean, <laughs> you're not going to – you're going to hurt them by doing, like, extra, extraordinary amounts that probably would then somehow get, like, reversed, you know? Right. Uh, but the time that you can't go hang out on the, on the court. So for all next year, he can't ever go to a game and enjoy yeah. a game on the court. And I think that will be a good reminder for him. Be like, just don't be stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't put your hands on – if you want to put your hands on your player and – Give them a you know in an attaboy or whatever, and they're okay with it, then no problem. Drake, <laughs> right, right, and Drake's a part of the team. Yeah, he he's know? an ambassador to the team, and the team wants to be involved with you. Great, no problem. But if it's an opposing player, yeah. hey, you can jaw at each other. Hey, you can make uh, gestures, you know, the choking gestures at each other or whatever. You can do whatever you want in that regard, but you don't touch. Yeah. don't don't cross that line where now you're being. Physical. And think of their strength by not actually pushing that guy back. I mean, because right. that could have got way what, out of hand. What are you doing pushing an athlete, man? Yeah. Don't forget, even these the scrawniest-looking guy on athletic teams, the guy is an uber-athlete. Yeah. And the guy I, probably that guy has a body of I steel think that's going I think to that, I think he's to six, eight and, like, 225. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> cl- classic, you know, I remember when I first saw that, I was thinking, oh, just some rich schmuck who's like, I got enough money, and I pay for these seats. I can do whatever I want. And then you found out he's actually an investor in the, in the team, and you're like, oh, Lord, that's even worse. Well, I you know, know, and it's, that's Absolutely a nice way of saying, well, he's, he's, a, he's a silent owner. 
Right, exactly. It's like, but dude, come on, have some class. Yeah, you know, you're you're, you're representing. And the lady, the lady, the lady in blue that was sitting right next to him, she stood up and she didn't even. She just was like, "Oh my God, what just happened here?" Right, you're, so, like, you're you know. like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" It's it's like in that softball game when the player, you know, gets thrown out because they can't stop, you know, screaming at a ref, and it's like, right. "Dude, get over it." I oh, mean, yeah. these are, you know, this isn't, you're not Sally Field with your child being taken from you at the board, or not not Sally Field, uh, Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice, where you have to scream because <laughs> right. you're losing a child, you know, <laughs> it's it, it's not the end of the world. So you mentioned Kwai is probably leaving. Yeah. Isn't that kind of wild to think that this guy goes to this team, they unseat the the dynasty, that there's got to be the best dynasty since the Bulls to me. In yep. terms of how intense of a dynasty it was, yes, there was the Lakers, multiple three-peats they had, one with Kobe and Shaq, one with Kobe yep. and Paul, uh, Powell. Uh, there's also the, the Spur dynasty, which mm-hmm. is an amazing dynasty, but it was never that many in a row. You know, it was, it was, a, it was like, what, five titles over 10 years or something, which is right, right. phenomenal. Yep. But it's not the same as a dynasty where you go straight through. And the Bulls, you know, they had the three and the three broken up by the two years that Jordan was gone. Right. Had he not left, I, don't, I think they probably would have won both of those. I, I, I mean, they almost the, did win it with there, just Scotty. There's a lot of people that do think they would have won both of those if, if he didn't I mean, take two years off to go play what, baseball. They, they came with one, what, like one shot of beating the Knicks that I, one year. I, I, then, I believe that that is exactly correct. But, uh, so. but yeah, he went to go play baseball in the prime of his career. I mean, who does that? The greatest athlete on the planet does that. Who does that? Somebody who got caught gambling. Yeah. Someone who they didn't want to give the Pete Rose treatment <laughs> to. So, uh, so I mean, so you're saying that if, if if the GM goes to Washington, or or do you think wherever the the GM goes, I think wherever the Kawhi G- would follow. Kawhi's going to follow wherever the GM goes because the GM showed the patience for only playing nine games the year before. Mm-hmm. And he's going to follow that because that GM, Najiri, is is championship pedigree. We know we know. No, he Najiri came from yeah. He was he, in Denver. He, he was in Denver, and he did a good job yeah. here. And then he got yep. lured away. Mm-hmm. They put together a nice team up there in Toronto. Yep. They then traded away Lowry's best friend, which was not did not go over well. But then they talked about how Kawhi immediately was like, "I understand how you feel." But remember that this is a business, and yeah. let's let's make something happen. And, and this is let's where Kawhi and, and I always get these two. I always say their names and backwards. But Kawhi and Kyrie, this is <laughs> where they both differ. Kyrie's learning that he couldn't take that Boston team to the next level without someone. Where Kawhi took that Toronto team to the next level with the team that he had on that team. So yep. you know that's going to yep. be interesting because right now a lot of people are saying that LeBron and, and, and Kyrie need to bite the bullet, and Kyrie needs to go to LA. Is I, really I, I what, agree. That's yeah. that's what a lot of people are saying. He needs to go to there, and they need to get um uh, and they need to get, well, I mean, they, it should be Anthony Davis, but um, they need to get one more star to go to L.A. Now, now that's probably not going to be KD, is who I knew that's who he was. They were looking for, but. How long does an Achilles take to come back from? Well, didn't, it, didn't Kobe break tear his? Yeah, and it took him a year to come back. Basically, what I what I what I'm hearing around the league right now is Brooklyn is a very hot spot because they have the new owner from China. I have heard that. Um, yeah. Who is huge in business over there to glow a global brand? Where that's a Kawhi is there you he's. There's talk of him there. There's talk of him in with the Wizards because Najiri might go to the Wizards to GM that team. But that global brand, that branding globally in China and overseas is what Kawhi, being the silent guy that he is, 
could really put forward to make the next market. great market. Mm-hmm. The next great market for the NBA exactly. is China. It, it, it is. Absolutely. It is. Look how great Ma- Yao Ming did when he was over here and how big of a star he was over oh, there. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, no, no question. And a few players that have gone over there and stayed over there. What's the one, didn't the one, um, Oh, the one guy who went over there. I want to say not Sam Cassell. I don't think um, uh, there is a couple. But there was somebody people. who like had an NBA career that was kind of floundering. He went over. I think it's China. There's and a couple people that gone. Like, to... He won't leave now. Yeah, because there's he's some so people lauded. that have gone to Turkey and China just to have that overseas that that presence. Over well, and they want to so. see they want to see a superstar. And yeah, they do. Even if you're not, a, you may not qualify as a superstar here. You're going to qualify as a superstar there, you yeah. know, because you're going to, I mean, if you're a starting player in the NBA, even if you're the 30th overall starting position at that or player at that position, mm-hmm. you're still the 30th best player in the world at that position. I mean, or, yeah, or no. at least close to it. You yeah. Know? No, no, no. I, and, and, and I think um, the global branding that, that, uh, that, that owner brings to the Brooklyn Nets because they, with the Knicks being so inept in, in, in what their endeavors have been, um, Brooklyn and the Barclays Center is really moving forward to take over the branding in New York City. Yeah. Is really what they're doing right now. And, you know, when the Knicks didn't get the first pick and they weren't getting Zion, all of a sudden this, right. op- this opened <laughs> up the doors for Brooklyn going, all right, we could bring in maybe an AD over here. We could bring in this. I mean, I don't think AD is going to get traded to the Lakers. I don't think they have enough talent to trade for him. No, and like you said, that they don't that the, the organization doesn't want to trade him yeah. to that team, and I understand that. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like when Kobe got traded. Uh, you know, it's like Kobe was this big hype player, gets drafted by whoever it was, and then they make a trade like right after the draft to send him to the Lakers, and it's like, why would you trade him there? You know, what are they offering you? What did they give you? Well, Kobe really said he's not playing it? for anybody but the Lakers. Oh, did he say that when he? Yeah, was, he was. He he grew up in Philly, even though his dad and, played and, for and, the for the. Sixers? Well, he grew up in Upper Marion, and he always wanted to be a Laker. That was uh, that was his team. He's like, I. That's why he went overseas with his dad and played overseas. He learned the international game, and he wanted to go to Lakerland and play to be a Laker. Yeah, I think going over and earn, learning the international game before it got big here probably is a huge, oh, a huge component in terms of learning how to Kobe score. Kobe speaks three or four different languages. <laughs> I've heard him be fluent in press conferences with uh, the international right. press and in his press conferences in different languages. Yeah, so, you benefit know, the, of living this, abroad the, when you're young. Yeah, he, he did it right, and that's why I love Kobe so much because, you know, all this other stuff up in Eagle County or whatever happened up there, whatever didn't happen, Kobe went over, learned the foreign game, brought it over to here, and, and that was the next coming of Michael Jordan. After Jordan retired, Kobe came into the league, and then all of a sudden LeBron came into the league after that, and now we've got KD and Westbrook and Harden into the league after that. So, But I don't think any of those players really don't seem to play the European style at they all don't. in the way that Kobe kind yeah. of – Kobe- I think like the, like the fadeaway jumper, I don't think that would have ever been – I think that was I think that was born of of the style of play that they well, use. Well, I mean, in and we talked about did. the Spurs dynasty, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, all those guys. They were foreign players, right. and that's why this that's why Coach Pop had great success with those guys. And people aren't used to it. Like you think about the fact that uh, Bill Belichick has always had a left-footed punter. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter who it is, really. You're right. And it's like, <laughs> does that make a big difference? Nope. But it's different. It is. It's something that you haven't seen or don't see often. And it's something and, you have to think about and prepare for because the ball spins differently. Right. It's a whole different thing. And I think you're not something used as to. simple as that. But you know what? Any advantage, anything you can do to make your yep. opponent, anytime that your opponent has to think, 
you're going to be better off, right? When you play your best, when it's all reaction, when you're not mm-hmm. thinking, when it's all just, you know, like when they talk about the SEALs, right, when they train them just nonstop or in basketball, when you just train till your legs are falling off, it's not to punish you or to say how far can you go in terms of this training. It is to say when you're exhausted, your muscle memory will revert to mm-hmm. what you have done the most. Yep. And so that's why the great teams, I think, do that with their players. It's like, I want it to be where you are exhausted. You won't think about fouling the guy taking the three-point shot when you're ahead by four, right? right? right. You'll have just, you'll just know not to, you know, you'll have just, you know, that'll have been in enough practices that you never forget, you know, like I say, with the seals and the stuff like that in the military, it's like this way, when you are just exhausted to the max or not exhausted, but pumped up to the max, the adrenaline's flowing, fight or flight is pumping through your veins and you're all just amped up, you'll revert to what you know. Mm -hmm. know, You'll revert to what you trained. So, um, but I do feel bad for Toronto if they lose Kawhi because, I mean, what a wonder, I mean, what a wonderful story this is. Although, will there ever be an asterisk? And I don't think there will. But will there be an asterisk in some minds because of the injuries, well, KD I, out for all, most of it, and Clay going down. Or you remember, KD the last game before he got he tore his Achilles in the finals was May eighth, so right. he, he was out a for a while. <laughs> um, and you know, like I said, they were only a three point shot away from forcing a game seven. Now, do I think they would have won that right. game seven? No, they're too. They were too depleted at that point. Um, because again, oh remember, gosh, no when, Clay and no KD. When that team won without KD, that was four years ago. Mm-hmm. They're all four years older now. Right. We, we always forget that sometimes. Oh, look, well, it's the same new season. Well, look, if you've got Clay won. and Steph hitting their three-pointers with regularity, that's your Splash Brothers, right? Yes. That's what made them a great mm-hmm. to begin with. They can revert to that because they'll still have Draymond Green in the middle to score. Yeah. And, and don't forget, they've also got Iguodala, who's certainly not they a do. scrub. Bo- Boogie was on a one-year deal. It's, it's going to be interesting to yeah. see what happens to him. I, I'll, I think now there's a great chance he comes back. Oh yeah, because he's got a he's got a position to play. Mm-hmm. But can you count on him to play a full? That's the thing. Game? You know, he know. did. He had a great what game one, and then he kind of fell by yeah. the wayside. Or game two, then fell by the wayside uh, a little bit, and because uh, he's still banged up. You know, it's not but, like he's a hundred. But it does make a difference. I mean, like you look at Barry Zito for the Giants when they won their World Series that first one, and you know he had been just this unbelievably bad signing. He had a bad final year in Oakland. They still gave him the money. Mm-hmm. He came over. He was a disaster. But they make the World Series. He starts game one. Everyone's like, what are you doing, Bochi? And what does he do? He threw, like, I think he threw seven innings, one run ball. I mean, he just, he was absolutely masterful. Yeah. And it was Bochi saying, look, this guy's been in the World or not in the World Series, but he's been in the high-pressure playoffs a lot. Right. This team hasn't been. Right. Let a guy who won't, and we talk about this with Kershaw, right? Have the guy who won't get too amped up. It's why I still don't understand for all my love of Dave Roberts, and I love him as the Dodgers manager. I hope he's there for the next 25 to 35 years. I think he's that wonderful at his job. But I just wish he would always start Kershaw in game twos. Say, that, don't, that, don't let yourself get too idea. amped up. That, that's a really good idea. Having him as the game one starter puts a lot of pressure on him, and I think mm-hmm. it's unjust to put that much pressure on him because everybody and, expects him to throw that gem. And sometimes when you have that much pressure on him in game one, you're not going to throw that gem. You know, maybe coming mm-hmm. in in game two and throwing that gem is what your team needs. And we've seen him not throw that gem. I in mean, game one. some people can stay calm in the big moment. And it's not that he doesn't 
focus or do or, or isn't, isn't good in in those moments, he gets so overexcited that you know if you've got a little too much juice pumping through your veins, you know when you're playing something, you're again the muscle memory. You're not yeah. going to do your muscle memory. You're going to overthrow. It's like when you're out playing golf and you have that nice pendulum smooth swing where you're going back and forth the same speed and you watch the ball rocket off your club and soar down the middle of the fairway and you're so excited yep. and then you step up there and you see how far the flag is you're like oh i want to crush this one and you swing hard and the ball goes 45 yards on a worm burner oh yeah you know i mean they're done that. how many times how many times how many times they're done that right so it i you know that's just that that's just you know players how you react to something, right? And I think sometimes, like, even, like, benching a player in the NBA, say, like, I'm not going to have you start. I'm going to have you sit out until the first until the first whistle, you know, right. until the first break in play. Because that way, you don't, you're out there, you aren't out there with your adrenaline, get you, oh, super jazzed up. And then the adrenaline stops flowing after some point, and now you're exhausted. Uh-huh. And then you don't have the adrenaline to keep you going the rest of the game. And that's kind of how you need it to be. You need to be having a good game. And then when you start to get exhausted, that's when you need the adrenaline to kick in and give you those last 10 minutes. Yeah, and I will say this, give Toronto all the credit in the world. Their team defense in this series was absolutely stellar and incredible. Did Golden State ever score 110? Or even did they even ever score 110? They they were maybe uh, overtime. They, they, no, it, they've gotten they got up to that. I, I'm not going to go back into the scores, but I mean they held them at some pretty lows. I mean they won three games at Oracle. Right. The Toronto went That's into amazing. Oracle. And the last games at Oracle. There's not playing any more games there. Yeah. And so, then you think about the fact that they could have won the thing in in, in five. Yeah. You know, I mean, it didn't even have to be the sixth game. So, uh, just. Wonderful, great story. It I is. love seeing Golden State go down, not because I dislike the players at all, or the team, or the coach. I like I, they're all seem to be they're all great. class. I watched yeah. Steve Kerr on an interview this morning, and their their team president on on an interview this morning, and you know they they were just talking about the injuries and how to move forward. And the thing is, they're such a class organization with the way they handle themselves. The first thing you saw when that game was over, the players all came and embraced at center court and mm-hmm. patted each other on the back because the Warriors knew they got beat by a better team mm-hmm. and they were injured like you no know, tomorrow. And they, 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 they gave Toronto their due. I wonder about that part of it, though. Uh, great dynasties going down is better in certain ways. And some examples would be like, so the Bulls, a good way to end that dynasty was they just broke the team apart. Yeah. The Kobe and Shaq dynasty with the Lakers, who for four years, they were the, I mean, they were just unstoppable. They were. But in that fourth year, they got dismantled by the Pistons in the mm-hmm. finals. Now, that may have had more to do with Kobe and Shaq being at a point where they couldn't, they didn't even speak to each other and were, you know, and that tore the team's, you know, abilities yeah. apart. But they still went seven games against Detroit. Or right. wait a minute, or did they get did they get swept by Detroit? I'm not. I don't remember. Off the top anyway, of my head, they but, lost to Detroit. Yeah, and uh, you know, but so so uh, the Titan went down. Um, the Yankees when they were in that dynasty in the early 2000s, and uh, the uh, the Diamondbacks took them down by scoring off of Mariano Rivera in yeah. the final game. You know, they, they, they beat their best, and that's how you like to see a dynasty yeah. end with them being beat at the best at their peak. And I wonder about this one because not that the not that the Warriors dynasty is necessarily over, but there's a chance we could see some significant players leave. Yeah. And it's like, you know what, KD wasn't there. 
And I don't want to take anything away from the Raptors because their de- like you say, their defense was great. Their depth was amazing. Yeah. They just always had a fresh body on that floor who was who was just running the the Warriors ragged. They did, and they made their shots. When when mm. when Steph couldn't hit a shot, you know they made their shots every time down the floor, and that's what we're, every time Golden State got close, they come down and right. score. And right. I just that's when I was watching, I was going, oh come on, yeah, you know they always they, 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 they always stop always the run. scored, they always stop the run, and that's what teams have never been able to do against mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors. They haven't been able to stop that run, but, even when Oracle's on their feet in right. the third quarter. But I just wish that KD had been there, it, it'd healthy be nice, so that they could have, yeah. so they could have beaten them at their best. And like but, Draymond said in an interview, he's like, he's like, I don't, he's like, why would you think our our, our dynasty's over? He's like. We're not going anywhere, right. probably. They can lose KD yeah. and and sign Bogey and his and uh, or Boogie or whatever his name is. Boogie and, and as long as uh, as long as Clay's able to come back at after some point, a year, Clay will come back. You know, you know, I, it's it is a it is unfortunate for both Durant and Clay when you injure yourself in the NBA Finals because well, and you have now such little time. It's a to get whole better. year yeah. and just that's to get the, back. And that's why I say with one of the, this is going to be an interesting off season is because of when they got injured. And, you know, because now you throw all the the talk out of, you know, two months ago of where these guys might go, and now it's completely changed. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got Kawhi's going to go somewhere. We've got Davis is going to go somewhere. We've got KD and Clay up in the air where they're going. Is is there any other major free agents? I don't think Uh, so. Jimmy Butler in Philly. He loves Philly, but Butler might get moved. I'll bet you he'll move, yeah. Uh, Butler Um, could very well move to the Knicks. What about – so neither of the Rockets or the Kemba Oklahoma says, City players are, are now are they contract, well right? they said that they are willing to blow the Rockets team up. Really? Now I don't I don't know how they could do that with CP3 being 34 years old and, and going to make 34 million this year. That's a tough move for them to make. 34 million? Yeah, and he's 34 years old. Trade him to the Lakers for Ball. Do something. They have to find a way to move him somehow. So the Lakers could use him for a year yeah. while they try. I mean, give them a good a great point guard to play with LeBron and then. Um, I assume they're going to draft somebody halfway decent. Right? They're going to have um, a fourth pick, right, or third pick? Fourth pick, right? No, third. The Rockets? No, the Lakers. Oh, fourth. the Lakers. Uh, fourth. Because Knicks are third, right? Uh, Knicks are – it's either reversed. I, I can't remember. remember which one it is. Yeah, we just know – some. you know the NBA lottery is not fixed, though, when the Pelicans got the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah, the Pelicans got the number one pick. City. Yeah, they I'm mean, sorry, the, that city's team. The smoothie arena, arena is what they call it, or something I like mean, that. I mean, everybody. Who cares if their team is any good? I mean, they can be like, hey, I'm going to the French Quarter and go get a exactly. Loaded. You know, it's going to be a good time. Um, I have the right city, right? The Pelicans are the ones in New Orleans. Yeah, Orleans, yeah. yeah. I always they used because the Charlotte teams always confuse me because Charlotte like they, Hounds, right? Because it used to be the Hornets, and the Hornets. Then they became the Bobcats. Bobcats or, or the Charlotte Bobcats. What am I saying, Hounds? Yeah, they should. Char- have, Charlotte they, Hounds used Hounds to be the MLL better. team. Hounds would be cool. That was their MLL team, Major League Lacrosse team, that folded this oh. year because they had to cut back. Dude, three teams. be the Hounds and then have them dre- and have your <laughs> have your uh, have your mascot be the dude from Game of Thrones, the Hound. <laughs> there you, you know, go. That would have been cool. Um, we are at the halfway point. Yeah. Do you want to repeat the question sure real quick? Sure do. Sports defensive <laughs> trivia question of the week. This, this show's going quick. <laughs> yeah, it is. What was the largest win in the history of the Women's World Cup before the USA beat Thailand? I, you might. I mean, I, I thought you might be able to figure it out. I thought it was I'll fit- give you one hit. Okay. It is, not a, it, it is not another United States game. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it's, it's, it's 15 goals, I think, and I don't remember what country. No. It's a smaller margin of victory. It than, is a smaller. Okay, has. I thought there might have been one bigger out there in, in a in a match. 
which is for some reason I want to say Korea now, just because Korea has always been dominant. Uh, no. So the team that lost was Argentina. Okay. And the other thing I'll tell you is it was in 2007. Oh. So see if you can pick the score in the team that won. Argentina. 2007 would have been in Canada. No, Canada was just in 2013, I think, or 2015. Yeah, that I can't help you with. I don't even know what to think um, the last few of them. Cause, yeah, because there was the whole controversy of them playing on field turf up in Canada and not natural grass is what the controversy, controversy on that was. Um, <laughs> the converse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but the, 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 that shoe popped into my head with the star on it. You know? I can't remember the brands. Or the, the, old, the old Chuck Taylors, man. Chuck Come Taylor, on, the old Chuck is. Taylors. That's what it is. Oh, God. I don't know the answer to this one, actually. So Germany okay, that won makes sense. 11 to nothing. Okay, that makes sense. So that was the best. That was the biggest victory. And who'd they uh, play, though? Uh, they beat Argentina. Oh, that's right. You already told yeah. me that. My so, bad. My bad. Um, I was like I said. I watched the highlights of it, and uh, it was about as ugly as the as the women's yeah. as the U.S. Uh, Germany win. always had those powerhouse teams too, and now they've kind of they, Dude, especially. I mean, well, that was 2007, yeah. so it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been the East German team. But remember the East German <laughs> women, you know? Oh like, yeah. They're like, who are those guys in the locker room? Oh, those are women. You know, I remember we hearing an interview with them, like because their voices Is that were the so East German bobsled men's bobsled <laughs> team or women's bobsled <laughs> <Right>. team. <laughs> Well, uh, let's jump to the NHL before we uh, run out of time here. Uh, Amazing seven-game series. Yes, it was. Congrats to St. Louis for their first World Cup, or uh, Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Uh, You know, I always love seeing that that, that trophy get skated. It's the hardest trophy to win in all sports. And it's probably, I believe, it's the most prestigious because you get your name on that cup, and you're immortalized forever on that cup. And, um, you know, this is a rag. Like I said, the hockey playoffs this year were up. upside down topsy-turvy all the number one seeds got eliminated right off the bat and the st louis blues beat the boston bruins um this goes back to the 1975 where the bruins swept the blues and that's the last time st louis was in it but on november 20th this team was the st louis blues was seven nine and three they got rid of their coach mike yeg and uh, promoted Craig Berube, who used to play for the Flyers, uh, to their their coach. On January 3rd, they were the last place um, in the league and 11 spots out of a wild card. Wow. And basically, um, this kid, this, this kid, it, it, goodness, this kid, their goaltender, Jordan Billington, was their fourth man on the depth chart. He was our fourth goalie <laughs> playing down in San Antonio in the American Hockey League, which is the minor league sports, like just like uh, you have AAA baseball right. so on and so forth. That's their minor league hockey team. <laughs> Comes up and goes 29-9-5 and with a 1.89 goals against average and a 9-2-7 save percentage. So for someone like me that doesn't know stats as well in hockey, mm-hmm. what is a great, what is a great, a good, and a poor save percentage? Uh, Great, great say, uh, goals against or save percentage? Save percentage. Okay, save percentage, a great one is over nine. Okay. A mediocre one is a little bit under nine, and a really bad one is in your mid-eights. Oh, so that that severe of a drop. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I mean, I mean this, this he went, and I didn't put down the, uh, the, the shots. I mean, in about 870-some shots, he made 700 and, I think it was 790-some saves. You know, it, 
I don't know why this is the goal that stands out the most to me, but the one that stands out to me truly is when the the uh, Boston goalie was doing a butterfly, yeah. and he stopped the puck, but it actually hit the the bar or the 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 rail or the what do you, I don't know what you call the pipe. the the pipe of the net, yeah. and it hit that, and it actually landed just inside the line. So now, if it breaks the line, is it a goal, or does it have to be 100% pass? 100 percent over the line okay the only way it can be if there's any part of that puck touching the line it's not a goal interesting so okay. it's got to be 100 well, percent that over. was really close then but yeah but yeah. anyway that was the best goal i can remember from the series and and you know it's it's hockey got a little bit of a tarnished um the the, the golden knights um down there in vegas took one more shot at the NHL and the referee, and because they got ousted for that five-minute major, where right. we're talking uh, about that a couple episodes San, ago, San, San Jose scored all those goals to get to overtime with them. They did take one parting shot on Twitter to the NHL about the Bruins in Game Seven needed a five-minute overtime, so they did send a parting shot out to them. But you know, I really want to say this: Ryan O'Reilly guy, he's the Selkie Award finalist as the best defensive forward. He finished as playoff MVP, finished with 23 points, eight goals, and 15 assists. That's 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 awesome. This team just really, like I said, in a wide open hockey race where anything could happen this year. Now, granted, we had we had the that that game five penalty where it it was a trip. Uh, the, the the Blues guy even put his hands up like this. The Boston guy got flipped over backwards, and they just stopped. And all of a sudden, the Blues scored a goal to go up by two. Boston did come back at a goal on that one. Um, so we were marred up a little bit by some bad non-calls or maybe calls in the Stanley Cup final. But overall, all in all, it was a great finals. It was one of those years where it's wide open. You didn't have your perennial powerhouses out there with the perennial names out there hey, like the Ovechkin, Crosby. And so you got to see some of these other people. And St. Louis is such a great story. They have that little girl uh, there uh, with the, that immune deficiency order. They flew her into Boston with a mask on. Um, and, you know, they brought her down on the ice. It's just a nice little story. Fish, the band, um, when St. Louis won, played uh, they because they, they adopted the song Gloria way back in the day. Um, they played Fish covered Gloria on stage in St. Louis when they won, <laughs> right after they won the cup. Uh, if you looked at the the ballpark in St. Louis, the Cardinals Park, are the fish from St. Louis? No, they're from oh. they're from Vermont. But oh, okay. it was just a great the Gloria song kind of stuck when uh, they went back into Philly and hung out with the Mummers, and that was the Gloria song where the Mummers played on on New Year's Day. Growing up in the East Coast, <coughs> do you know Vermont? Oh yeah, my son so, went to Castleton State. What is Vermont like? I, that's a state I've never heard anything about ever. Uh, are they, are, except for maybe maple syrup, I think. Can't get there from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a tiny hippie state. Um, it's super cool. Um, it's cold as fuck. Uh, mind my language. Um, is it next to it's Connecticut? Right, it's right below Maine, next to Connecticut, right above New York. Okay. Oh, it's above New York. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's kind of above on the side. As I should say, but Maine, well, no, but Maine's north. above it. Yeah, New Hampshire. Okay. Well, New Hampshire's right on the side too. But uh, it's one of those really super cool hippie states. Okay. You know, like people. I almost moved instead of moving here. I almost moved to Vermont in '97. People in Vermont said, "If you have the money, go to Colorado." Is that where Bernie's from? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Bernie's so from there. Okay. Fish is from there. Um, I think maybe uh, the ice cream. Um, ben and Jerry's is from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a really small. Um, very unpopulated state that's really 
they got their act together up there at being a state is really the way I would describe it. I haven't been up there in a long time, but it's real clean. We're very clean apples, maple a lot of syrup, a lot of nature, tons of nature. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, they, they grow apples. They have, they have maple syrup. You used to be able to get, um, your fishing license was a valid form of ID up there. That's how you get a fake ID uh, for the longest time whatsoever. It's a shame Fed isn't my, my, my friend Fed isn't listening to me out there in Vegas right now. Um, who has a, a business called the drop.com, um, which is really cool. Go check that out on his website. And uh, I think he's actually over in London right now. Actually, well, what, what is it? Uh, it's uh, all kinds of urban wear, shoes, sneakers, hats, oh, clothing, website. Yeah, cl- okay. clothing website. Basically, instead of holding an inventory, you purchase an order through them. They go to the company, ordered from them, company ships it through them. And that way the company doesn't have to hold on to a billion oh. dollars worth of inventory. Helps, yeah, the just in time. So it's a great idea. They started in Sao Paulo, Brazil, took off down there. Now they brought it up to here. I mean, greatest thing about the internet is that internet has made business local and international. You know, and it's great because, but clothing's a great one because if I can ever get my butt into shape, there are some awesome clothing programs where they'll send you for like not even that, not even that exorbitant amount of money, a new outfit basically with shoes and everything every month. It's like, you know, you, you just do it and you slowly accumulate a right. nice little wardrobe and everything that, you know, and everything goes together. You know, mm-hmm. you actually, you don't have to, you know, because for someone like me having to try and figure out what is good, yeah. it's like, thank God for suits, right? Because that way at least I can be like, oh, I know how to, I know how to match a good shirt and tie shirt with and my tie. suits. Yeah. So then I can look good that way. But if it's like, if it's like smart casual or whatever, it's like, oh, that I don't know. I don't know how to yeah. do that. I don't have that. No, I, I, I feel you there, man. I feel you there. <laughs> <laughs> I go from, I either have t-shirts and shorts or I'm full-on business attire i broke out my um my, my flyers i got the flyers on the back and i got this from from my little grateful dead site you know spaced at the spectrum <laughs> and the flyers on the back with old-time hockey. amazing they actually made the bear look stone oh yeah dude i don't know how you even it's amazing how they even were able to do that it's like a, <laughs> it's like a snapchat filter well it's you know when when jerry died i my old brother-in-law and i had six straight nights of tickets for the spectrum for the for the dead Six straight nights. Yeah, it was going to be a six-night run. You're going to go to a concert and see the same band six times in a row. Never hear the same set. I don't understand (laughs) that, man. I just never would understand that culture. Uh, I know you don't. I wish I did. I mean, (laughs) just because I had a guy I worked with who he would fly out on Friday nights or Friday uh, after work. He would go straight to the airport, fly out to some city. Camp like buy camping gear at Walmart. Meet like five friends out there. They would buy camping gear. They would go camp and go to like three days of shows. Yep. Then that morning they would pack up their gear, go back to Walmart and try and return it all. And then they would go <laughs> to the airport. And then he would fly in. And sometimes he would arrive like twenty minutes before the workday started. And I'm like, where are you coming from? Oh, North Carolina. And it's like, how long, what time have you been up? He's like, up since three o'clock. And I haven't slept at all. And and he was always so happy, and I always just was like, I would never want to put myself through that just to listen to music. <laughs> I love music, but I mean, the same band. But like you said, it's never the same. It's never the same. Do they publish like their set list now before you like like I'm like oh, no, Grateful Dead is not around, but um, well, but that's still around in a couple of different versions. But they don't well, publish. I mean, it. they'll not... publish it after the show. Oh, it's after the yeah, show. Yeah, they'll they write do it, it. Somebody will write down the set list, and they'll put a picture up of it. Oh, but okay. you'll never know the set list before the show. Why? Why not do that so the people could be like, "Oh, I want to go to this, you want to be this night, not this night." Oh, like I want, yeah. I want to go to a panic show at Red Rocks, and I want to get a chili water tease first set on Friday night. I want, I want a jam, chili water jam on Saturday night, and I want a chili water second verse encore on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. 
in the in the blazing hot heat. <laughs> Wild. I just, <laughs> I just don't get it. Um, but again, more power to you if you do. Um, okay, so ten thirty. So let's jump over to this next sure. thing here, uh, just so we make sure we have enough time. We can always yeah. go back to everything else. But uh, so you know, it, I I know it's early. You're in. You've got your fancy baseball league. You're probably in week. Uh, what is it? Ten. Uh, yeah, we're in week ten right well, now. No, week eleven. No, I'm because I'm five and five. So yeah, I'm, actually, um, I'm sorry, week eleven because I'm five and five. Oh, there you go. So week, <laughs> week eleven. Uh, five I, and five on my I, good team. I, I beat Nate, which is the only thing that really. Hey, all right, I'll give you, I'll give you some props <laughs> on that. <laughs> um, I have an okay team, and uh, I, I actually have um, some very good players on the bench uh, who are hurt. I've got Trevor Glass now, Louis Severino now, Corey Seager, and also I've got Craig Kimbrell who just was recently signed right. by the Cubs. I've got a lot of players hurt, and uh, so uh, really for me, and I just got Didi Gregorius back. So uh, for me, the next month when I get these players all back, my team could transform into a juggernaut. Yeah. Kimbrell will finally give me a dominant closer. I hope oh, uh, oh. coming up soon here. Uh, so anyway, but it, it's not too early to think about your fantasy football team. And sure. it's not really time to start really looking at uh, who your top picks should be for a lot of things. Go ahead and have some time. Let, let's let the, let the, uh, they haven't had the uh, training camp yet. Right. So let training camp happen after the OTAs to kind of get an idea of how teams are shaping up and who's going to get what carries and things like that. But what is a good thing to look at right now is the, if you're in an, a dynasty league and, Again, dynasty leagues are where you keep uh, uh, either a majority of your team or all of your team. In my league, it's 100%. You can keep every single player on your roster as long as you want. But you can also drop people to then uh, be able to pick people up in the draft. And the draft you have is just for either rookies or players that are not on a team currently. And if they're not on a team currently, uh, in a league like ours where there's 22 roster spots and 14 teams, or I think it's 14 teams, it might be 16 teams. So there's there's not much of value on the waiver wire. So the draft is really about rookies and JP's a, a big college football fan. So I thought he could give us some good insights on uh, who the top five overall offensive rookies are going to be. We're just going to assume offensive players needed, uh, but the top five offensive rookies, and then maybe who the best three QBs, best three running backs, best three receivers and best, however many tight ends there are because you know for some of you like maybe like for me i'm probably going to be a good five rounds in the draft because i had uh all my tight ends got hurt last year and i had to drop some of them because they're just too old now like tyler tyler eifert is a good example and i'm going to have the uh chargers uh tight end coming back um Uh can't think of his name right now um the old tight end or no the one that got hurt and tore his whatever last year and then he was out the oh, whole season oh, came back like the last right. week hunter henry or no trevor no is it hunter henry I the hell is his name somebody else. that's just terrible um he's a good player he was like like the gonna be the next he was gonna take over for gates and be you know supposed to be yeah but they let gates retire or whatever because of that but then he got hurt i, I think it's hunter henry it's something like that anyway so I don't really have a tight end. I have some like I do happen to have the guy uh, who was on the uh, uh, Patriots at the end of the year, uh, so he might be a good pick. But I mean, for the most part, I'm gonna be dropping all of them. And I also have a little bit of a quarterback problem. So I got the number one overall pick, and so I thought this would be a good learning experience for me as well as for our listeners, kind of get an idea of where the value is because I don't want to overdraft. Because quarterback and tight end for me are my most glaring positions that I have of need. 
but I don't want to reach for, let's say, a Kyler Murray if, even though I'm like, well, I'm, I'm set at running back, if there's a great player that I should be taking that's going to be a long-term uh, fantasy stud. And quarterbacks, I think, are the hardest position to judge uh, overall. Well, and, and the worst part about and, – and, and the worst part about a quarterback right now as a rookie is like Kyler Murray getting drafted onto the Arizona Cardinals. What is he? They're going to have one of the worst lines uh, out there projected, maybe 3000, a little over 3000 yards, 22 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, you know, is what I've been kind of hearing around. So right now, I mean, maybe they'll get seven rushing touchdowns. Uh, I think he's more in the, in the realm of four rushing touchdowns and maybe 500 yards Okay. Um, just because of that offensive line. The, the person that I have rated the highest is because he's, he went to the Raiders, and that's going to be Josh Jacobs, the running back out of Alabama. Okay. So they have all the talent with that. Antonio Brown out there now, they've got all the talent in the world um, to, to have him have. I, there's a lot of people talking about him as rookie of the year right now is what people are saying. He definitely could be a rookie of the year. I, and he has been the name I've seen on most lists as number one. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, so my, my running back um, top three are Devontae Freeman, Joe Mixon, and uh, David Johnson. So David Johnson, obviously, I'm hoping for a rebound campaign. Right. Um, That's a big I don't hope. think it was his problem. It was the offensive, offensive line, line. And, the, and the incompetent you know, quarterback play. Right. Um, Kyler Murray, I think, will help that because I think Kyler Murray now gives you the scrambling guy who can then, you know, throw in the flat to David Johnson or yeah. throw across his body to David Johnson and, you know, and, and screens. And I think that that could bode great for Johnson because he could be a great player if he got the ball in space with, you know, on a pass. So anyway, uh, go ahead. Um, the other, the, the number two guy I like is Neil Harry. And it's, it's their, uh, the, the New England Patriots number one pick on Arizona State, wide receiver. That's something you don't see Belichick do is draft a wide receiver in the first no. round. Now, think about it with Gronk going, and you still have, what, uh, Edelman there. Now, I think they re-signed Edelman, right, to yeah. a longer deal. And, and now you put that rookie gone. Yeah, you put that rookie in there. Look, I mean, he's got Tom Brady. He's got all the offensive power there. The question is, can he learn to run the route tree the way that Tom like? Because, right, because depending on what your defender does in, in, well, in St. Louis to, or New England changes what you do you in You have route. to look. His coach was Herm Edwards at Arizona State. So we're seeing the NFL-level coach. Yep. So and, and he's shown he knows how to run all the routes down there. You know, on a team that was – mediocre they were good but they were they weren't the best uh down at arizona state this year but they were a good good team i mean they did beat michigan state um but you look at him putting him in into an immediate fix of the patriots offense the he can produce some numbers actually right now um someone i am very big on would have been aj brown the wide receiver for tennessee right now mm-hmm. because they do have some uh they need they need some uh people at uh, wide he receiver, needs and, and he's he's the kid. Uh, he's the kid out of Ole Miss that I really liked. Um, the other place I'm going to look. I mean, besides uh, T.J. Hawkinson for tight end for Detroit. I mean, mm-hmm. because now they have Sony Michelle. I'm sorry, uh, who'd you call it in the backfield now? They need Carry on Johnson. Yeah, Carry on Johnson. They need that big run. I need that big tight end. Um, I'm not going to say no to Noah Fan, but I have to see what Joe Flacco does. Yeah, you know that's that's scary to me. See, see Let's what Joe see the does. Broncos have a good offense before. Well, and <laughs> get too excited. Yeah. Now the other one that um, I'm going to throw out there, um, I don't like 
um, the Philadelphia receiver right now because they have too many players. Uh, that uh, the JJ Arcia White side, they have too many um, players there right now that could uh, easily take that spot away from him to, to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guy that I I really like, but the thing is, the Eagles have too. It's Miles Sanders. He's a running back out of Penn State. Went right. to the Eagles. The Eagles have too many running backs. It's all running yeah. back by committee, and I I don't like that. The the person I think might make the biggest impact, um, besides Josh Jacobs, you got to look at Seattle with Doug Baldwin out of there, right. and they got the other kid out of Ole Miss, DK Metcalf, and this and, guy's a freak of nature if you look um, at him in the weight room. I think that's the one that Russell Wilson has been just crowing about nonstop yes. about how fast he's picking up yep. the offense and how smart and, and this, of a this guy is. looks like a bodybuilder is how freak of nature. He really? Oh yeah. He's, he's a specimen. Like you wouldn't believe. So I've got the number one pick. Um, like I was telling you, so my team, you know, I, like I told you my three running backs, I don't really need a running back. Right. And with, I got Mixon Johnson and Devonte Freeman. I mean, right. and I've got some other guys that, you know, are, are not, nearly as good but i mean those three guys are 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 pretty solid yeah um even if david johnson you know had a pretty bad year um wide receiver is interesting i've got cooper cup right he's my number one i've got uh Corton sutton Mm -hmm. Uh, i've got um who's my number two um terrible i can't think my quarterbacks are Tavares jackson and josh allen so i don't really have a good quarterback but I'm wondering if that number one pick, you know, and also because in a dynasty draft, it, it goes in the same order. It doesn't snake. So it's not doesn't like the, snake. Okay. Yeah, the 14th pick doesn't get the 15th <laughs> pick. I'll get the 15th pick. Right, right. So I'm trying to figure out if it's best for me to take like that running back for the Raiders because he's got the highest projection overall. Oh, yeah. And running backs are always – you never have enough running backs. Right. And we've got two flex positions, so I can play four running backs. Right. Um. I'm tempted to say I should take him, try and get the maximum value out of that number one pick. Mm-hmm. And then on my second number one pick at 15, hope that uh, what's his name that went to the Redskins is still available. Uh, and that's why I was going to say Haskins. If, if you're looking for a quarterback, out of all the quarterbacks that I'm looking at right now, he's the one that could come in and play uh, on a team that has some pretty decent talent. I mean, there's people talking about the Redskins being, you know, not a contender, but right up there this year with yeah. the talent that they've done in the off season and the draft, that, excuse me, draft that they've had. Um, wow. And Haskins has all the physical attributes. He's got the team around him. Unlike um, you know, the Duke kid up and with the giants, the giants had to implode that team. And we go back to the culture because they had, they had a really bad culture up there. Um, so if Haskins would be there, that's a great pick. Cause I think I'm you're going to see Haskins um, coming out and showing something earlier than later than you think because i figure he goes in the middle of late second round or that's kind of what the consensus adps mm-hmm. are so i'm thinking i mean with the first pick in the second round i should be able to get him now mm-hmm. rigner's trying to pry um mixon from me he wanted to uh-huh. first he wanted to trade me um oh sterling shepherd is like my number three wide receiver right and i know what you're thinking he's like not a great wide receiver but i'm telling you what he actually had the most points of all my wide receivers because yeah. he was the one who was healthy yeah the whole time yeah and uh, so he wanted to trade me him for Nick Foles. And I was like, I don't know what to think of Nick Foles. He, I mean, he hasn't really looked that good outside of that, the Super Bowl run and then the playoff run. He doesn't look good in regular season well, games it, very it, much. The, and think, think about the receivers that um, the Jaguars have. 
I mean, who do they have? Exactly. And that's yeah, the big Dante thing. Moncrief and, there? You know, the thing is, and they've always been hurt too. Right. So, you know, when you look at a Nick Foles, you have to kind of put it in a context going, you know, the talent around them. And what do we know about, uh, with, uh, with who'd you call it at running back right now? And I don't know. Right. Leonard Fournette. And, and they lost Yeldon. Yeah. They got rid of Yeldon. And, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not optimistic about that offense at all. It, it's, it's one so, of those really tricky things where I think Rigner's well, trying to beat well, you into it. <laughs> I, I don't like my quarterback. Yes. I mean, I think Tavares Jackson has a chance. Josh Allen, I'm a little less. Now, 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 and also don't want to overstep though. Right. A, a, a bad, a good NFL quarterback for your franchise to win games and go into the playoffs. It's not always the same thing as a good fantasy quarterback. Right. You can have a bad team with a great fantasy quarterback because they're always throwing the ball. They always end up with 325 yards mm-hmm. and usually get three touchdowns. Even if they have two picks, you're still having that's still a nice afternoon. Yeah. So Josh Allen actually was pretty good at that last year. He actually, I looked at him last year for a couple different reasons, just because he had some really good games and yeah. some receivers out there. Yeah. So he's going to have, I mean, it, like you said, you can produce without it. So I'm not that desperate at quarterback. Right. I'd love to get Kyler Murray and see if he explodes into this 20-year, or you know, not 20-year, but like nine-year right. stud at quarterback would be awesome, even if it took him two years to get there. But I'm thinking I'm not that confident about it. I mean, I do – I've heard great things about the new coach and his yeah. system, but I think I hedge my bets. Now, it's also possible maybe no one takes Kyler Murray in the first round. And he falls to me in the second. They don't take him. He could fall to the second just because of, I mean, I, 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 how how soon is Arizona going to turn that around? Right. And what's the leash on, but with how, on it? With what I can tell you about how thin the quarterback rankings are in waiver wire, basically I had Garoppolo as my starter. He went down. Yeah. Tavares wasn't starting yet. Um, not Tavares, Jackson. What's the guy that plays for Baltimore? Lamar. Lamar, thank you. Yeah. I was going to say, um, when you're saying Tavares, I'm like, I think he means Lamar. <laughs> um and uh, he wasn't playing yet. And I actually ran into a situation where I couldn't find a starter. Like, I could not find a starting quarterback. And somebody amazingly had actually drafted Garoppolo's backup. Right. So I was actually screwed. I had no starting quarterback. And I had to trade Garoppolo for Josh Allen. And, uh, and I gave away uh, Garoppolo and a, and a low-level wide receiver to get him. And it was because I was that desperate. Mm-hmm. So this situation, you know, so then what Brigner sent me today was Mixon, uh, his, well, his number one pick, uh, Josh, uh, sorry, Nick Foles, his number one draft pick. Now, he was the he lost the Super Bowl, so he's got the next to last pick in the first round. Right. And um, Chris Carson. But I'm thinking, is Chris Carson's not even the starter in, in Seattle as far as I know. Isn't it that the penny from, isn't it the rookie? Or, well, he's a second-year player well, now. Well, it's, it's, it's technically running back by committee, I think, still. Oh, is that's it? that's okay. the biggest the biggest problem I'm going to see with fantasy football this year is how many teams have running back by committees. Right. You know that's the really terrible. I, I mean, look at gosh. I mean, you know, one year for the Eagles is Corey Clement. The next year it's Smallwood and 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 Nate Adams. And also it's like who who's there? I mean, now you bring Darren Sproles back in, who wants to still play another year? And it's like <laughs> you know you have these running back by committees, and now we used to value the running back position so much. Can we value the running back? That makes that it more valuable now, though, that when you get a guy, a guy that's the, that's bulk, of the, the bulk of the carry. Yeah. That's why I that's why I really think um, the, the the kid down in Alabama is going to be really special being in that offense. So I with, think with, I'm probably going to go that route. Yeah. Give me give myself a, a, another uh, another stud running back. And he's back. a big back, too. I mean, my goodness, if you got Saquon Barkley, like 
Rigner did. Yeah. Now, of course, we didn't. That was our first year of the draft, so that right, was the right. first draft. So there wasn't a rookie draft. Um, but imagine, I just it just it just bums me out that I have to get the number one pick in a year where there's not really a consensus. <laughs> consensus, this guy's blow it out of the water, right. number one pick. Um, so do you want to maybe run down your favorite QBs? Um, my favorite QBs, it's going to be um, it's going to be Haskins. Uh, that is by far my favorite QB in this draft. Then it would go Kyler Murray um, as my second because his upside is going to be there because they have to put um, people around him at some point. You just can't draft the kid and not put anything around him. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because uh, I think um, Drew Locke is going to be my third favorite QB because I think Locke is going to come in here and do something for the Broncos Sooner than later, um, in my opinion, because Drew is that kind of a passer with that many passing yards from Missouri that uh, he can put the ball around. And especially with the tight end that I wasn't over, over, you know, the top about that the Broncos took in the first round. If that kid can stretch the field, Drew Locke can stretch the field with him. And like I said, I'm not sold on on um, Joe Flacco just 100 percent yet uh, coming in here and uh, basically running the show for him. And I, I think you're going to see Drew Locke a little sooner than later, just kind of how you saw Lamar in Baltimore, just because uh, Joe did get a little banged up last year. Right. And so you see the exact same thing happen this year. Yeah. So you, you can't, you can't deny that from him. I mean, um, I, I would not actually, from the way my team is set up and how, kind of how I was describing it, I wouldn't have a problem taking that running back from, from, uh, from the Raiders. And then in my second round pick, grabbing Haskins, assuming he's there yeah. and my third pick grabbing drew right. And be like, Hey, at least I'm giving my, I've got, I've got four now, four, rookie or second year quarterbacks one of them's got to do something somebody's got to do something there so yeah that's one of the things it's it's one of those things where i i'm like i said i'm not sold i'm not sold on the kid from duke because the the giants have so many problems right now besides besides saquon and they 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 tore up the wide receiving dumb of a draft they had that right there just would scare scares me scares living daylight that yeah and and if you look at a lot of these rankings i mean that kid's not even anywhere near a ranking right now um i mean will greer i think is ranked higher out of uh, west virginia as a backup to cam (laughs) on uh on um the panthers so it's, it's it's one of those things and like i said josh jacobs is would be your best rookie because he's going to have the most opportunity to score points in Oakland is, is what I think. I mean, like, cause I mean, who else do they even have? I mean, they've got, I, I think I did, Marshawn came back again, right? Or do you retire? No, no, he retired. So he's, he's done. Gone. He's so who else do they even but, uh, have? Washington. And that's about it. Oh, so there's not even really a competition. For I this guy. It don't really think it. The other kid that I really like the wide receiver for the chiefs now, because of all their problems. Oh. Although um, I heard that Tyreek is Hardman. not is not considered part of a criminal investigation. Okay, though, right? I, I, well, I'm not sure but of that yet. The NFL's investigation. Yeah, is the, not the done. NFL's doing that. But uh, the, the, the Michael Hardman pick, um, it's not my favorite pick, but I can see him coming into that system and producing. Yeah, I mean, see, I'm also tempted to get Fant because I think he could be good down the line, or I'd love to get Hawkinson. This is where it makes it really tricky for me is that right. I really think I need to get a quarterback but I just don't want to waste picks on quarterback if I can pick up positions that are really going to be good. Right. And, you and if, you, if, you look at the, if you look at Detroit and Hawkinson or Fant. Hawkinson, I, Hawkinson, yeah. boy. It, I, I, he'll, he'll be gone, though. But if you tell me, I mean, off the top of my head, when's the last time Stafford had a tight end up there? 
to really throw the ball to. Well, who they who did they have? They had a guy there that was okay for a while. He was um, just okay. Well, yeah. I see. I've just. I'm not sure if I think Stafford's that good of a quarterback. Well, I didn't think he deserved the money that he got. The other kid I like because he's playing on the Colts is the wide receiver, um, Paris Campbell, because he's going to be playing mm-hmm. with Andrew Luck. Andrew will put the ball. Get, oh. Andrew will find a way to get the ball in his hands. Well, yeah. But Jeez, if this, he gets, this, he, this he gets the ball into like nine guys' hands. This game. rookie draft was so heavy on wide. I told. I said this like way back in the fall that this draft was going to be so heavy on wide receivers. It's, it's insane. So I can even wait a while and, and get a good, good wide receiver. Oh yeah. To, to back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, boy, it's interesting, man. There's a lot of talent out there and you know, like you just don't ever know like, Oh, I know who my other receiver is as a uh, Miller from, uh, from the, uh, from the bears. Oh, okay. And so as long as he, so like I had just, I had horrible injuries last year. Yeah. If I get both him, if both cup and Miller come back at full strength and Sutton takes a step and a nice step forward for the Broncos, there's my starting three, mm-hmm. no problem. And then I've got some guys in the wings. I've got Christian Kirk who could, you know, blossom, especially if he gets, you know, Kyler Murray could help him blossom. Mm-hmm. Cause I've heard a lot of, 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 uh, of praise for Kirk in, in the OTAs and things yeah. this year. So, um, yeah, it's, just, it's interesting uh, to think. And also, because you don't know how many players people are going to drop from their team and how many draft picks they're going to make. Right. Uh, some teams may say, I've only got two spots to fill. I like the rest of my team. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, I've got four tight ends. I picked all of them up off of waivers. I can drop all oh, four of them. Right. And, and probably drop one of my my lower level. Uh, oh, and then Isaiah Crowell. Now I get to put him on IR because he got hurt for the year. He yeah. tore his Achilles, uh-huh. I think. So it's like, and I I easily can have five or six picks. Yeah. And it'd be kind of crazy if people kind of like you know decided not to stay in real late and it's only a few of us drafting. Right. Maybe you pick up like three nice young receivers and just you know let them blossom over the next two seasons. It's not a know? bad idea. I mean, it, it, it's a long-term league, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely not a bad. And there's like I said, there's tons of wide receivers now, especially if you need wide receivers. There's tons of them out there. So that's one of the nice things. And you know, like I said, the running back by committee is really somewhere. If you can find that that stud, that's going to get the majority of the ball, the the, the, the carries. Right. I mean, it's, it's that's the one thing I can't wait for you know our fantasy league when we we look at that and and we you kind of go through and all of a sudden it's like okay this because I've seen some rankings where is Melvin Gordon even a top five player right now <laughs> right and I can tell you what it was it was brutal torture being a late first round pick yes like I had last year yeah your team was. Your team was interesting. A disaster to begin, start with because I yeah. had no running backs yeah. because I didn't take one of my first two picks because you're like, well, to get value, I mean, I've got to take some of these top receivers. Of course, Odell ended up being not being that good and Keenan yeah. Allen being, being a joke. So that really pissed me off. Um, I should have taken uh, Michael Thomas and uh, and Christian McCaffrey, as it turns out. I could have had a great one-two punch. But, you right. know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, Always interesting in football, man. I mean, you've had two really nice years in a row in our fanatics league. Yeah, and, and I so, my my one after I was eight and one, and then I just completely took a tailspin. Well, I think both years you've had some very shrewd picks who had really nice starts. Yes, and then and all then of a when they leveled off, you didn't have anybody to pick up the slack. Exactly. I remember that, Jared yeah. Cook was a massive pick for you because, I mean, at the tight end position, which is kind of a throwaway most years, mm-hmm. uh, except for a couple of players, and then he ends up, I mean, those first, like, five weeks, that guy was, he he was, was amazing. two two-touchdown games and another one-touchdown yeah. game. I mean, you know, one player can win you games in football the way that they can't in baseball. Yeah. That year, Randy Moss played for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Dude, 
my buddy Corey took him in like four leagues, won all four leagues. Right. Because he scored you 35 to 45 points a game. Mm-hmm. If you have that much coming from one player, you're just, you know, especially when it's not a quarterback. Yeah. You're not, you're just, you're, you're so far ahead of the other guy. I mean, you really are. And that's, that's where with Ingram being out and then, um, you know, uh, uh, who'd you call it? Um, uh, Kamara, oh, you know, Alvin, take, yeah. yeah, taking the majority of those first, and then they started splitting it well, too, too heavy on Ingram. And, and then, Ingram's gone now. And then Cousins, what the hell happened with what happened to Cousins? Well, that I, guy was I, dropping them into bread baskets for the first five weeks. My whole my whole plan with that, with that was Garoppolo and Cousins was going to be a matchup game. Right. Unfortunately, I I picked up Baker, but Baker didn't come on fast enough for me to save me at the end of the year. Um, because Baker had some really good games at the end of the year, Baker Mayfield. Um, with Garoppolo going down, I got stuck with Cousins, and then I was trying to play catch-up because the whole, the whole way I looked at it going, well, I know what Kirk Cousins is. He can win you a game. He can lose you a game. Right. So you look at the matchups going forward, and you pick the best matchup. Is like, what I wanted. Like to do. they used to say with Ryan Fitzpatrick, was uh, he keeps both teams in the game. Yeah. You know. Now that's another crazy thing. I mean, that guy had the most miraculous start and first like five games of a season you'll ever see. Yeah. I mean, he was MVP of the league. And then, of course, as happens in football every year, man, boy, you hit that week six mm-hmm. and you're like, look at who has the great players and these strongest teams in fantasy are. And then six weeks later, you're like. Wow. Yeah. Look at how opposite of the teams and players now that are, oh, in, yeah. are the best. And that's why when you have a fantasy team where you only lose two games or maybe or, or you know, or less, um, you know, I was able to do that in my league and, and, and my Oregon league. Unfortunately, I lost in the championship, but only lost two games all year. Uh, you know, it, it, it goes to showing how strong your team really was right. and weather those things. But just like my great strength on that team can become your great weakness when um, when Todd Gurley went down. And then yep. I did have C.J. Anderson, so I, I mean, he had some nice, real, real nice games. Oh, he did. Actually. Um, but didn't matter. I lost in the title game because my opponent picked up like four waiver wire picks who all <laughs> scored in the 30s. Oh, just geez. like, how does that happen? You're the championship game. You shouldn't be picking up four players anyway. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, it's going to be a real fun draft. I cannot wait for the rookie draft especially. But, I mean, drafts overall this year, I think this is one of those years where, again, where there is so little consensus after, like, I don't even know. I mean, who? so who's the number one pick? If I had the number one pick? Yeah. I'd be hard-pressed. I don't know. I'd be – I'd be hard pressed not. I mean, with, without Ingram there, Kamara, yes. I mean, Saquon. Sa- yeah, see, Saquon. Yeah, boy, Saquon might be the number one pick. Uh, and and you look at it. Can you count Late, on Le'Veon? You know, I don't see. I don't think Le'Veon goes any higher than six. I I would agree with you because I I just I can't say Le'Veon's a little out of shape, which he'll get in shape. Yeah, but a year out of football. Yeah. I don't care what kind of training you're doing. It's that's not whole the same year. as the NFL. Yeah. That's a whole year out of football. I mean, don't forget the NFL spends hundreds of millions of dollars on their training and health yeah. staffs and equipment and things like that. Don't don't fool yourself what they're spending on that stuff to get you in prime condition. Exactly. It's, it's going to be an interesting draft, the way the first yeah. two rounds play out this year. Yeah. I almost wish we could go back to ten team, a 10-team league and then do a dual quarterback. 
But at 12 teams, you just can't do – because there's really – I mean, there's really not 24 starting quarterbacks. There really and isn't. if somebody grabs grabs a third quarterback uh, before you've gotten your second, now you're really screwed. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was something we looked into with our dynasty league on trying to make that work and then eventually get to a point where you're like, you know what, it's just not going to work because that one guy who finds that stud rookie and then has a, has a, has a, you know, also, also has a Drew Brees or whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to be impossible to stop because they're going to be putting up 65 points from quarterback alone. And, and, and if you have one quarterback that's just iffy, or if you, God forbid, had two guys go down with injuries and don't have a starter. Right. And so you're only pulling in 30, you know, you're going to lose. So. Uh, well, we just got the notification from our yeah. producer that uh, we're almost out of time. Didn't realize the show had gone so quickly. Had a good show today. I Definitely. thought it was great material. So yeah, uh, yeah, you know, show. yeah, fun. I like I like when we have different stuff to talk about than normal. Really makes yeah. things uh, flow real well. And and and, and thanks for by. Joe for calling in. That's yeah, the second time that was called great. In. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I like the, like the solid. Uh, uh, educated input. Yeah. You know, Definitely. Uh, from, Definitely. From our listeners, that's always fun for us. Down to a minute, JP. What would you like to uh, say to everyone for the week coming up? Uh, remember, we got the College World Series starting today in Omaha. We've got U.S. Open Golf on Fox Sports Women's World Cup. We've got everything rocking and rolling this That's, weekend. Uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, Mountain 10 Time. 10 a.m. Mountain Time on Fox and uh, U.S. Open Golf. Who is uh, who's uh, leading golf right uh, now? Gary Woodson. Gary Woodard. Gary, hold on. Uh, is, Goodwin. I'm sorry, Gary. Is, Gary Woodland. Is Gary. Tiger. Tiger's anywhere? even par. He is uh, nine strokes off. Phil is minus one. Um, so yeah, he's uh, Gary Woodland shot a, a 65 yesterday. Excellent. Well, um, I also just wanted to give a quick uh, shout out to uh, Shahan Otani, uh, first Japanese yes. player in history to hit for the cycle. So after Tommy John surgery. All right, folks, down to 10 seconds. Please go to thesportsoffensive.com to catch prior episodes and uh, listen to us on demand. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Offensive out.